No swearing. All right, nobody's <laughs> going to swear. Welcome to Platchat Valorant episode 142. Mimi's here. Wilkinson's here. Special guest in the building. Who, I mean, Sliggy, you are special, but also you're not really... It's a, it's... You're just kind of... You're here a lot. So it's not... It yeah. doesn't really feel as crazy anymore. <laughs> it, yeah, it is losing its edge a little bit. It was special like five episodes again. Now it's kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, regular now. At this we point, can kick yeah, you off fairly... for a while if you like. That's true, yeah. Just, yeah. The off-season just... That's what we did to Bren. Dude, Bren's stocks went up so much on Platchat after we booted him off for like four months. And then, <laughs> then he was back and people loved him again. It's fantastic. This one, this one trick to make the people love you. Just go away for a while. Yeah, no, dude, th that's what the WWE does all the time. They just, like, give someone the boot and then suddenly they, you know, they come back. There's Drew McIntyre, money in My the bank. My wife you know tried I mean? that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Mimi. That's so I haven't seen her in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mimi. Oh, that's so sad. And I don't really know how to segue that into talking about Valorant. <laughs> Your wife left you. Well, unlike my wife, guess what's coming back? Champions. It's 2023, baby. Oh, I like that. Wow. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's Podcasting. honestly, I'm not going to draw out the intro because we're going to spend two hours and 67 minutes. So that's three hours and seven minutes on talking about the top 10 players of champions. If you want to do the maths. Um, all right, let's just get into the ish. Almost swore. <laughs> uh, here, wait, do you want to try it again? Just the, audio listeners, the lower third. I know why. Oh, okay, that's fine. That is, uh, that's so is, sad. That is totally fine. Kurt, what are we at on the clock for the five minute countdown of avoiding demonetization? Uh, we are at about four minutes, but that includes the preamble time. Okay. So about two minutes. All right, everybody, <laughs> remain calm. <laughs> everybody, remain very calm. Let's talk about the skin reveal. Ooh, new champions bundle. Ooh, I hope you got your mom's credit card number or you didn't spend uh, your stimulus check from COVID because there's a new champions bundle. And do you want to show it on screen, Kurt? Okay. <laughs> For the audio listeners, there's a, a video playing of the new skins. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. It's floating. It's gold. It's blurple. And... Uh, I there it is. <laughs> it's available. I love our new. Uh, I love that we've just. Uh, I mean, you've just introduced audio descriptive technology back into Flash yeah, Valorant. <laughs> we we have like a few thousand people that exclusively watch via audio. One of which was a developer for Riot who recently got in touch with me and was like, you know, I I like when I'm driving or working out listening to Platchat, and I never know what the hell you guys are talking about because. You're just talking about things that are coming up on the screen. <laughs> so he's going to really appreciate that. Yeah, listen, I'm trying my best. And I know, shout I, I, I've shouted them out before, but shout out to all the people that are listening to this while playing Deathmatch or Team Deathmatch. I know there's a lot of people who do that as well, so it's it's helpful for, for, for those, those people. But all right, new Vandal, new animation, new thing, new knife. It spins around. The, the trophy shows up that looks like the, you know... The, the, what do you, you know, the clock, but the sand one that I can't think of the, the name of. 
What's it called? An hourglass. An hourglass. Yeah, I, I couldn't think. Oh, I couldn't. Okay. It wasn't in my brain. Uh, d- all right. Sliggy, you're the skin expert. Thoughts? Am I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the person that cares the least about the skins, but I will say I like this one. Like, I do like this one. I'm not the biggest fan of on the knife itself. I think the knife's, like, very average. But in terms of the rifle, like, I'm in for it. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll probably use it. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's good. The fact that it changes as you get kills in-game pretty cool. So, yeah. I was confused about that aspect, though, because it, it seems like it lights up. I mean, it's not like a full stat track thing, is it? But it, like, adds another It adds more the bright kills. funny... But it only does it get. three times. Are what you if sure? you get a 4K or an Ace? I'm sure it does. it does. I'm sure there's more stuff that gets added. I don't think it's... But it only shows it three times, and then it's full. Because huh. my, like oh, my initial thought... My initial thought was that it was because it was like similar to the other champ skins, where like every five kills it adds one. So see these purple lines, the different purple lines get added as you get more kills. Mm. Like if you get like 13 in the game, then like 15 or like 18, 23, up to 30. And, and oh. so like more of it lights up. So the, the little like Valorant symbol is for the rounds itself. Like if you get a 5k or something, but then the actual gun itself kind of like, yeah, more of these light up, the, the purple things. Uh, that's yeah, pretty them. cool. I didn't okay, even realize cool. that. Were, were you yeah. supposed to get that from this video or have you found that information? No, that's that's why he's the skins expert. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was like a leak or, or something or whatever is like on the official stuff. I have no idea what these days. He's got a guy on the inside. Who knows someone, yeah, maybe. Yeah. someone did a video which, which was just like this is it at 15 kills 18 kills 23 mm. kills etc so I, I see it. i see am i wrong in thinking that one of the previous champions packs had a phantom and a vandal no it was 2021 mm. was a vandal 2022 was a phantom phantom the, oh, the, the brimstone right. one was for the first champs and it's also a vandal yeah, for that's, that reason, that's the one that I'm I out. use. I already, own a, I already own a Champion's Vandal. I don't need another Champion's Vandal. Also, the, the, the knife is, like, cool, but it's the exact same knife as, as the Jet Kunai. And the only, like, effects you're getting is, this, is if you're top fracking. Most of the games, honestly, you're all mediocre. I'm mediocre. <laughs> we are all an average person, an average man. We can't, we can't, we can't believe that we're better than we are and think that we should spend $80 on skins just because we think we're better. You are average. You will not have the glow. It will just be the Jet Kunai. For that reason, I'm also out, even though I'm already <laughs> you're, out. You're very out. Josh I'm just sneezed out. so hard, it looked like he got propelled by a gust. He just got <laughs> launched. Um, uh, yeah, my sneezes are violent. I, I, I think that this... I, I saw a lot of discussion about, oh, why are they doing another Vandal? It, I feel like you have to kind of do phantoms I mean, and vandals would have been, like, though for this thing. Really They're mad do a, if they like did like a Aries? marshal, yeah, a <laughs> the champion's Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody. Somebody in my chat came in today and uh, a couple of days ago actually, and said I just got a survey for the first time through Valorant, and it asked me whether I knew that the Bucky was in the game. <laughs> somebody at Riot has put a survey out there to we- to know whether or not people even even are aware of the existence of that gun. It's legit. It's a good gun. <laughs> I like it. It's a good gun. It needs to nerf, if anything. Left click's pretty good. Start using it. You want to win some games. The right click got nerfed into the ground. Yes, the the left click's good. The right click's 
awful. They like it might as well not be there. But the left click is is pretty legit. All right. Okay. So we're champions, Bucky. Next year, yeah, are you in? Stocks. Or are you nah, out? I'm. I'm not wow, in. You, I, you lot hate esports, man. No, this is for, I, this is for the yeah. teams. It's for the players. The, the teams and the players e-sports. have already got like a hundred percent increase in prize pool this year. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that later on. But the prize pool increase is enormous. They, they, what do you want to do? Shower them in money? You want them yeah. to? Yeah, I think we're so brutal on them. I think they have careers that are like two years long, unless you're at the top of the top. I think we shower them. Okay, <laughs> reasonable, reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> but wait until I'm coaching, and then shower them in money. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a year, and then, and then get the best skin up there. How much is it? That, that's going to influence me. Actually, Do we know. Idea. I that's think it's great... like eighty bucks, right? It's. Oh, I feel like it's always eighty bucks. Eighty dollars. Wasn't that what it was last time? Or was it 60? Eight. I don't know. A lot of money. It's like the same as like buying like the new like FIFA 2025 game. I, 80, $80. Yeah, but, but then you got to think that your $1 goes to your favorite player. No, it doesn't. Well, not, one, e- not even $1. Not even no, like, less it would, than it would be like 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Riot's taking a split. And I'm sure yeah, the teams I, are taking a split. It's I, like, I'm giving... I'm Tens isn't even at the tournament. I'm giving, I don't know, Jojimo two cents for my money. And I'm giving Riot 15 cents. I, I, no. Josh, you have to make a decision. You're, you're No, waffling. I've already said I'm, not, I'm out. Oh, you're I've out. already said I'm out. Josh yeah, is yeah, out. Yeah, right. I'm out. I've never bought a single one of these champions bundles. I don't support the esports scene, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> you look crazy. It's crazy. Esports, dude. They're all eighty dollars. Like that's that's. If that's I didn't buy the first one, I would have bought this one. I, if I, I wasn't rather, around in 2021, I would have bought this one. I would rather buy no skins throughout the whole year than only buy this one just for the support. Where I'm at. Yeah, well, I don't care about the skins. I also just, didn't I mean, buy any skins throughout the whole year. I, I, I think, in terms of like esports that I've been around, it's very hard to actually get anything like this. So I like to support it. like compendiums and anything like that. It's very rare. Like we only have like Dota and, very and like, true. this that I can think of. So that's, that's the only time cool. where I'm just like, you're yeah, right. But as an average American, I support that. I support it. I fully support it. Great cause. Not going to do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the realist. Can I say a bad word now, Kurt? I'm not going to. That's the realist. Let's let's not swear the entire episode. Let's see how far we can go. You've ever said. (laughs) Thanks, Um, Wyatt. Let's keep it pushing. There's so much stuff around champions. Guys, did you listen to the champion song? And is it your favorite of the three champion songs? Which is your favorite champion song? Uh, They're all the same song. 47 minutes. They're all the same song. (laughs) I don't okay. know. Where does Kurt's bias come from? The, 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 the topic title is, is it the worst champion song yet? Where, where's the negativity coming from here? I liked it. Dude, this song like is... Yourself, okay, Kurt. okay. I had an experiment. I'm like, this song sounds awfully similar to the first one in Berlin. If I listen to them back to back, they're basically the same song. I'm pretty sure Grabitz <laughs> is just a shit artist. No, 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 that's not Gravit's fault. <laughs> I know why they sound Kurt. the same. It's because the main, like, I, I'm not, like, very musically inclined, so if there's any, like, music heads out there, you're probably gonna get pissed at me for this. But it's like, it's like the melody has, like, it's, it's like a riff off of the Valorant theme. There's, like, the... 
in like all the oh, songs. Oh yeah, the Valorant theme. It's the theme, same yeah. Valorant theme. <laughs> yeah, used. I recognize that It's one. one of the main motifs in all three of the songs. I love and when I open Valorant and it goes. That's exactly the song. I don't know how the actual song goes, but the main like Valorant theme is a main motif in all three of the songs, and they have the same general theme of like kind of like longer, really, really melodic, like like flowy like uh, like synthy stuff with like slow like building singing that's also really like kind of melodic and flowy and then there's like one like like drum breakdown into a rap verse it's the same thing all three years it's just like it's musically a very similar song and because they use that same motif in all the songs they all sound very similar to the ear which is i think it's cool that they're trying to integrate the theme but i think after three years of it sounding really similar it's like it sounds really similar to the last one. I, I just really liked it. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm on board. I just thought, I just thought it was like a more upbeat version of the first that was. I mean, it, they're it like remixes. Me. I liked basically. it. Well, it felt like a different song, but it felt like okay when you listen to an album and it's the same mm-hmm. artist and a theme that runs throughout the album. Sure. Do you listen to song one and song three and you're like, this is the same song? I wasn't saying they're bad or that Gravitz is a fraud. Kurt was saying that Gravitz was a fraud and the worst artist ever, which I respectfully <laughs> not disagree the, Not the with. second part, but the first part. Oh, okay, okay. You don't think he's a fraud, but you he's, do agree No, with I think he's part. a Well, actually, I don't know. I have a very small sample size. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt it's, it's all slipping away. You're digging yourself into a hole. Here. It's ticking away. Also, the video is very oh cool. God. I like the video. The, the video is very sick, cool. Yeah. I like the Both video, the animation. Really cool. Awesome. I did Not think when I first watched, I did think when I first watched the video that it was um, him like reconnecting with his friends while they were all older playing games, and then I watched it back again and realized that he abandons his friends to a life of they they all go off and get normal I jobs, mean, yeah, he, and he dedicates himself to the life of the pro player, <laughs> and then they all come up and turn up to his game, and he pops off by yeah, going keeping go, it real. go 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 in the middle of his game. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like the UK scene. You got to break away from them. You got to just go on your separate way. Get, get rid get rid of the scrubs. Push them to the side and just go solo. Yeah, you can't you can't carry them all the time. You just got to get up there on your own. I, I like it. Like it, was, my, it was a good message. I feel like my conclusion on the song is that yes, it sounds very musically similar. And when I listen to it in my room and I'm a nerd, I'm like, oh, this is a very similar song to the previous one. But I know when we like see like the final like performance at Champions, I'm gonna be like, just like going crazy. Like this is so sick. Because honestly, it's a good baseline. The Valorant th- song is, is cool. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a cool motif to put into all of the songs. And I like that they have that kind of like consistent vibe. I guess. I would love to see them experiment with more creativity and breaking from that mold in the future. But I still think fundamentally all three of the songs are quite enjoyable for what they are. And I think this one is no different. I think it's different enough that I still enjoy listening to it, even if there are moments that I don't love. I think the the rap breakdown from like Baby No Money section is a little bit weaker, but I think the like the the melody and like the the singing sections, I don't know if it's Gravit singing or whomever, but I felt like that was fairly strong. And the video is also really good. So overall, my album review is like seven out of ten. Yeah, Pretty dude, good. fucking Mimi Fantano just gave us the breakdown on that one. Um, All right. Let's talk about money. I'm talking (laughs) cash. There's a record prize pool. Sliggy wants the players to get rich. God damn it. They're going to get rich. 
How much? How much did it increase by Josh? Is that a hundred percent or five hundred percent? I mean, not five hundred percent. Right? Isn't doubled? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quite a lot. It's um, what is it? Fifty, right? I thought it was a million. It, it went from two point two five. Yeah, so it's more than a hundred percent increase. Hundred twenty-five percent. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Pretty huge increase, honestly, in prize pool. At a time where I find this to be very strange, honestly, because I feel like we've got to a point in esports where nobody's really talking about the prize pools anymore. Like, no, you're, they you're are right. if you're talking about, like, tier two events and, you know, some incentive to perform in them. But when you're talking about the main VCT circuit, it feels like we've got to the point more now where traditional sports is at, where I don't know what the prize pool is for the Super Bowl or whatever. I don't know what the prize pool is in the NBA or for tennis tournaments necessarily. I, I just know that they are enough for the players to be able to make a lot of money and they yeah. compete because they're looking to try and be the best. And also we're in the middle of like people pulling back from their spending in esports. So this this took me by surprise, honestly, that they were making such a large increase to the prize pool because I don't really know that that money actually pushes the needle in any direction. Yeah, it really hasn't. I feel like, I mean, the last time I think a prize pool was really relevant in esports, I mean, it was... People used to care when, like, MSNBC would do a report on the international's prize pool for Dota. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, like, eight years ago. Like, I mean, the, it the was, World like, Cup, the big Fortnite check era. Ever since they got rid of the oh, giant, yeah, the comically Cup. large physical checks, no one's cared about the money. Bring those back. <laughs> I said, I I if, if Leo yeah, Faria no gets on. on stage with, like, with Anna Donlin after this event, like, Will and Rose is there, all the executives are coming out, like, great job, guys. We're executives. We love business and great job, guys, on performing. And they just have a fucking comically large 15-foot-long check for $2.25 million to give to Fnatic. That'd be so good. That would, I would love that. It would I'm, be quite uh... funny. I'm, <laughs> you lot are way too negative myself for the whole of this. I'm like, I think this is great. I think a prize pool matters. I think it's like when people ask about it and you're like, yeah, the winners get a million. I think that's sick. Also, in terms of like what you're saying about the economy struggling, like all the teams and the orgs and stuff is a good way to give back to them and actually make sure the champs does feel different to Masters because it, it didn't before. Like yeah, the champs felt exactly the same as Masters, really. So now it actually has something that kind of sets it aside like massively. Um I yeah. think that's good. And then you're like we're saying in terms of like a good way for Riot to be able to actually give these teams and players some monies. Um, I think the main thing that I'm interested the most is like the the skin bundle that we we're talking about before. This is the first time that the Chinese viewers can actually buy it. So I, I'm interested to wow. see the yeah. change because I think the mm. change should be a lot more. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I think it's just I agree with all that. It's just interesting to see the 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 prize will be a focus. Yeah, it just feels like it's been so also, long since that's happened. It, it, but if you wanted to give like it as a stimmy check to the teams, doing it for champions is like doubling down because they already get that skin revenue from the from the stuff at, at champs anyway. So it's like the teams that don't turn up to champions are just the 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 gap between the rich and poor is now ever widening. <laughs> If you're yeah. a team that doesn't make it to that event, you're <laughs> just in the doldrums. But I think that that has to happen as well because I'm I'm worried about this whole thing, especially if we start looking and getting into the tier two stuff that, that maybe we're doing later. But um, if if I think that like if you're these teams that's just kind of like sailing by and you're looking at like the guard or something and you know that they're going out two years later, like there's no massive incentive to actually change your team and improve unless like riot starts going like you're gonna 
like we're going to kick you if you don't actually start performing better. So I feel like the incentive to actually want to change a team and actually get results instead of maybe just like a cloud-based thing is, is a good sign. Because I'm a little bit worried for like the, the kind of lower teams maybe not being as risky as they need to be to um, kind of update their teams and stay relevant. Um, it, it's hard to call them tier one sometimes, basically. There will always be some budget barriers out there. Yeah. Even in oh, tier one. Get ready for that next year. Get ready for that. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh, you're talking about wealth disparity. It's only right that uh, that's exaggerated by an event in Los Angeles. Also, <laughs> uh, further disparity in wealth, let's talk about tier two <laughs> and how all of the players are going to be losing their salaries because the system is absolutely in shambles. I mean, it was quite poor from the beginning. I think I still, I, the, the crucial thing for me at the beginning of this year that I, I still think is the easiest thing, easiest thing, excuse me, to fix that is a massive problem is that there was only one open qualifier. I don't understand why the system couldn't have essentially been the same as 2022 VCT, where you started with 12 teams in the... Um, or like you qualified into the 12 teams, then there was the second stage where four got relegated and there was an open qualifier and four more teams came up. The point system was still allocated in the same way and then it played out in a bracket at the end of the year with who had the most points. If you got relegated down, you have a chance to get back in. If you don't, hey, hopefully you got enough points that maybe some of the other teams who beef you can make it into the final bracket at the end but the year being over in january for 99 percent of the player base is just an egregious system that can't you can't force players to wait a year to play again yeah. you know if there was one in uh, like four months whatever three four months later in, in april something like that i think that would already be that i in my eyes that is the number one change to make the system better. Like, if there was only one thing to be changed, that's what I would want to see. Um, Sliggy, how do, you, how do you feel about that and just the your, your take on what the largest issues at hand are for, for Tier 2 right now? Yeah, I mean, there's multiple. Like, I don't know, it's hard to even start on all of this. Um, I think what you said is very true, just, like, the fact that it's kind of like five months. Your Five months is kind of what you're playing for in Tier 2, and then it's all done, and then seven months... Um, and and then even then we don't even know like we don't even know when it starts it's impossible to kind of plan ahead in terms of the future you don't really know what like you can't feel comfortable like if you're a player that hasn't made it you can't feel comfortable feeling like yeah i can kind of sail through um and, and get into one of these tier two teams and that's going to make me a salary i think the main thing the main thing where i'm at is kind of touching on what i was saying before in terms of like these teams that it's going to keep the same players and maybe not be as risky as they need to be is the fact that there's no academy team so no, none of like none of these orgs are allowed to have academy teams and and that that whole system doesn't really work because you've got you've got 10 teams that in theory like if you're just looking at one franchise which is like america's or your ema it's like they they want to invest in and find out new players but if they're not forced to do an academy or anything like that there's no system to bring them up or anything. So there's no reason for them to even start looking for new players or just have like any involvement in the tier two itself. Like there's no academy, the, the whole system of academy or letting orgs do academy like uh, teams would just change everything. And then I get the idea that when they get promoted, if they get promoted, very small chance as well, then I feel like maybe they could just sell the org itself or something like that, or there could be something in place. But I just think that for me the the two rules of well the, the first of all the scheduling and the fact that we are not allowed academy teams those two don't work together because no one then wants to support the tier two because no one 
gains anything at least when it's academy things it's like you're bringing up talent you have people that you can sell to other teams or your own teams and bring them in whereas without that i think the whole thing falls apart so that's where i'm viewing really i think the the important thing for tier two is also kind of setting expectations which um leo had a tweet about this even before so leo had a series of tweets that annoyed everybody in the tier two scene and prior to that like a couple of weeks even earlier he tweeted this first one that i linked kurt where he was just talking to he was doing a q a and one of the people that writes for vlr a lot if you scroll up a little bit is called farago the great uh who was breaking down you don't want to read all of this though because he posted like a ton of tweets happy about for it. you so sad I, ain't reading all that he's talking about the 1840s gold rush and making it like analogous to to uh, valorant so he, he really went in but leo <laughs> responded saying that it's important to set expectations and i think when when you look at tier two the tier two scene at the moment is still getting viewership and exposure levels if you're a decent team equivalent to some esports top levels now we call those like tier two or tier three esports right but that's the level of like exposure that they're getting within those kind of games and you've got that potential return on investment that they're trying to lure you with the carrot on the stick of being able to get into ascension which is enormously beneficial to any organization now one of the things that really bothered people um this week with what leo tweeted is that somehow people had not read how ascension worked and they thought it was permanent like forever like they were just going to add two teams a year so that in five years we just have a- an infinite amount of teams playing <laughs> I, it i don't know why people thought that that was the system but that's never been the system never advertised as the system either <clears throat> but the if you think about two years time in ascension or like in the vct circuit that's enough time for you to completely change your organization. Sentinels went from a team that had like Booga, and that was about it, to being one of the biggest organizations in Valorant, just absolutely clouted out the wazoo, being able to leverage that into all sorts of different sales and a, an enormously larger valuation for their company. That all happened in two years, two years of having a successful team. And and anytime you do that, you're already coming off the back of winning the tier two tournaments and having people be excited about you. You're not just some, you know, Billy no mates, nobody that's come into the partnership. You're not, you're not, you're not EG where you have to actually win in tier one for anyone to care. You You already have some level of like people, hunted for you so i think there is a lot of value if you can get to the top of tier two and people are underestimating the viewership that's there like the, the average concurrence are around like 50k for everything that was happening in uh the the ascension system um and it can be higher or lower than that in tier two depending on what region you're from but there is still some level of value there and all of this started if you want to pull up the second tweet from leo that uh, leo that i um linked all of this shitstorm started because he said we're going to implement a lot of changes for next year, including a fully revised calendar, which is the biggest thing that everyone wants to see, and more opportunities to compete. Like, he's saying the things... He's saying they're making changes that are going to be massively beneficial to the Tier 2 scene, and then because he said guest slots and people didn't understand how Tier 1 worked, they're, like, putting his head on a spike. I actually feel like this was the most overblown thing in existence. Yeah. I didn't get it. I mean, I think this is just like a classic, like kind of mismatch of like what the community call th- calls things and like internal, like company corpo discussions, right? Because it, I mean, 
honestly, the guard has a guest spot. I don't think that's the right term to use. I think I totally get why people got mad and why it was seen as disrespectful. But it's two years, and that's it. You're in or you're out. But two years is, like you were mentioning, Josh, that is a huge amount of time in esports. It is not insignificant. And I think for winning Ascension, for all the hard work Guard did, obviously it would be great if we could do a system that was around promotion and relegation. I, I would much prefer that to what we have now, but I just don't think that's realistic in the current system we've built up, and I don't think it's something that realistically we will ever get. This current system is inherently a compromise in trying to make esports feasible for organizations at the Tier 1 level to want to be in the partnered league while also not uh, not locking out Tier 2 and kind of doing similar to what Overwatch did where it just kind of started to die because there wasn't a lot of reason to have crossover or a lot of direct access to the Tier 1. Uh, I, I think, honestly, it was just an, an issue of optics and phrasing, and I think people's tensions are high because there was a, there was a lot wrong with Tier 2 this year. I'm hopeful that the tweets he put out are things that will actually change and that it's not something that was just kind of like, we're going to say this. But I, I somehow do have... I do have some hope that things actually will shift in the future. Because I think Riot... For all the problems that the company has, has shown to be receptive to feedback and make improvements to formats when people get pissed. And the community has very much made their voices known. And I'm at least thankful that even though communications are imperfect, we do get some communications from John Riot as to what's going on um, with the scene. I, I think it was really just like an issue of phrasing that kind of got combined with the, the wrong time of really tensions already being heightened because of a lot of the mistakes that Riot has made around tier two this year. Yeah, I also think a lot of fair. people don't quite understand that even in traditional sports, there are definitely regions in the world where competing at a less than like tier one level means that you have a primary job that is not that sport. Like the Icelandic World Cup team has like, you know, your local bin man on the team and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, and there's, there's a lot of people that try to make it in traditional sports, and it has to be something that they balance with a full time job. It's not like when we're when we're talking about competitive video gaming, something that already is not making a ton of money for organizations and even players. You know, the top level players are not making a lot compared to the top level footballers or, or whatever sport you want to compare it to, right? If you, if you start working that all the way down the pipeline to Tier 2, there's already 30 teams with at least 100... Wait, what's my... Yeah, my maths is right there. 180 players minimum, right? Because you need six people on each of the rosters. Yeah. Um, once you start getting down into Tier 2 and you're talking about the, the 200th player on the list or the 300th player on the list, at some point there, the concept of paying people a livable wage to do this full-time doesn't become financially feasible for what's going on. Like at some point, if you're that far down the list, there do have to be other things that you're doing in order to live the dream whilst also, you know, making making a, a living for yourself. And that's the case with every competitive sport that's about, you know, trying to become the best. On the way to becoming the best, you're not always going to be reaping the rewards of, of what's at the top. I think we should be trying to make the system flatter. But I don't think you can. I I, I don't think it's always going to be perfectly fixable. There's there's always going to be some unsigned teams around. Yeah, that'll never not be the case. And 
a lot of the orgs also, frankly, set way too high expectations for what the salary should be looking like in that space because some of the orgs were paying over the top yeah, outrageous mo like there needs to be a correction there like where of course i would want as many players to have a livable wage as possible but orgs make it extremely unreasonable for smaller orgs to compete in the space because of the ab the, the gap in payment is just obscene yeah, the, the tier two America's definitely got, got paid way. Oh, uh, one moment, than, guys. Than it looks like our internet died. I don't know why oh. we're still connected, oh. but um, I think it's on YouTube's end. Okay. Um, let me double check and see if we're on Twitch. So, but All we're right. clearly connected. Then. Yeah. All right. Small pause. <clears throat> Small podcast. Small indie Working podcast. Working off 4G Wi-Fi. <laughs> we're good. We're back. Show back. Yay! Um, sorry, what were you saying, Sligy? Continue. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Um, so, yeah, basically, basically, just the the whole thing with just the America's salary was was too much. It needs to kind of go down in tier two. We need to have expect like ex everyone's expectations definitely need to get lowered. Um, but it, it, it needs a big it needs a big mix from everyone. Everyone's expectations salaries need to be lowered. It needs to be just like livable, but it needs to be like feel like like a big accomplishment when you actually kind of achieve like getting to VCT because it, because it is outrageous. Like the odds are stacked against you heavily. Um, but I also think in terms of like the guest slots, um, it's technically what they are. Um, I think it's just, yeah, it was just maybe not the best wording. And then in terms of the whole thing, like having, we're going to have 12 teams and one team's going to go away. Like one team's going to go out, but you can have five players that have proven themselves to a set level, when they get relegated, you're going to have a whole off-season where you've got literally 11 other teams that are going to be like, damn, we could get one of these five players. Like, you're going to see these players, like, fundamentally, the system works at Tier 1. Like, I think this is, um, on paper, like, the whole the whole franchising system actually has, like, the best chance of being sustainable and working. Um, it's just trying to find a good level for Tier 2. And I, re I really strongly think that it's about the academy stuff. I think, like, having a sixth player doesn't make sense. You're just locking up all of these good potential players that could be in the Tier 2 and actually having some kind of uh, Im impact in some other teams. So, yeah, I don't know. Having, like, an academy or, like, collabs with teams or, or just something like that in place would make the most sense for me. Yeah. And the schedule, and and having a normal schedule, where yeah. we, we play for yeah, we play for the rest of the the rest of the half of the year. Yeah, I, um, I saw your video as well, Sliggy, about like because they they talked about Masters Shanghai and said that it was going to yeah. be it was going to be the second Masters and synced up with the anniversary of the game being released in China, which indicates a much more condensed schedule, packed schedule for next year too. Yeah, I mean, I completely echo your fears about things just getting worse not better with regards to the scheduling because it, it seems like they're committed to having some level of an off season which you can't pile that much stuff in and still have like four months off and why would you even want four months off i, I don't get it yeah it's a lot of time off in theory i guess we'll wait and see but yeah i'm, I'm a little bit worried that it's going to be at least tier one is going to be all of the same and it's going to be like a seven months with five months off again um which i'm not like crazy i i would much prefer like some kind of split where there's like two off seasons maybe and they're like a month and a half each or something like that 
it's kind of split, but I guess it's to make a leeway for like other games in terms of like league stuff. Yeah, I think like it's because they don't want to overlap with League Worlds, right. which is yeah. just like a giant month-long event at the end of every year, which makes sense viewership-wise, but definitely... But that, doesn't that run during like November, December kind of time? Yeah, which is why they want the off-season then. I think it's Doesn't normally during from... November, because remember last year it was like champs finished in September, and then GC champs, which was like the last like official Riot tournament of the year, was in like mm. late November. So it was literally like cha champions for Valorant finishes, League Worlds starts, they do League Worlds, and then that stops, and then Game Changers champions goes, and then it's a two month off season. Yeah, and obviously for the like the main VCT circuit outside of Game Changers, the off season had started after Champions, but. It would help yeah. a huge amount if they just put Ascension after Champions. Yes. I know it doesn't exactly fit with their idea of like Champions being the end event, but Ascension doesn't even feed into Champions anyway. It's a different circuit, so it would just make things a lot simpler if they extended the season, added yeah. another qualifier in the middle of the year, and pushed Ascension much later. I mean, maybe that's what Leo's about to announce, though. Maybe. He said there's going to be announcements later this month. I'm patiently awaiting announcements, because also, just I think a side note before we move on, unless... Tell me if I'm off on this, but I feel like this system as well, currently, if, if it doesn't get fixed, has negative implications on the goal of integrating Game Changers with the wider scene. Because Game Changers is so much more of a uh, financially stable option for women to compete in versus if you try to join a mixed roster and oops, you come in fifth place and you're out of the open qualifier, and then we have to scramble to get a game changers team. Do you want to keep competing with a mixed team that you're on? Like, what's the, you know, I feel like that's also just inadvertently keeping the 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 GC scene separate from the main. I, I have scene. a solution. What is your Let's solution? financially destabilize the game changers scene as well. Genius. <laughs> oh, oh, Wilkinson, genius blow it all up. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, though, I like. I think that's just. It, it it is counter to the the like yeah. mission statement of of game changers because it's just so unstable to compete outside of it if you're trying to make a living playing the game. It's um, a really interesting thing to bring up. I've never really thought of that. There there is like a financial implication or a, a, sorry a financial incentive to stay in GC because salaries in game changers for like the top teams are good and are probably better than some of the. The tier two stuff and even if that's the goal it's just so so much more stable so yeah because yeah, there, there another are, complexity there there are plenty of really great players and game changers that could absolutely compete on teams that are trying to qualify for or are in uh challengers in na but that's a scary proposition if you miss out on the one qualifier in january like that's just and then yeah you're scrambling to find a team for gc like that's just it's a it's a it's a it's a terrible system and they need to fix it so i'll be patiently awaiting the hopeful fixes um all right let's reel it back to champions though we're gonna talk about the pickums i'll just talk about them we're gonna do the pickums and come to the ultimate conclusions as to what will happen so you don't even need to watch the tournament you're already just going to be aware um all right we're going to start with group a which is paper x crew edg and giants the first match is paper x and crew i really you know listen i want to see crew continue the run but listen it's going to come to a brief 
halt. They're, they're, this is a stop sign on what is otherwise the road to victory. Hold on, though. Hear me <laughs> so, out, hear me out, hear me out. Paper X should win, but, but it's going to be something's very first game on an international line. He's played Pacific Foreign Centers and players, but this is a new pressure, you know. You're traveling narrative. internationally. It's his first time. It's a really big event. I just Paper X, what's their style? Really, really aggressive, really loose. You know, they're 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 focused more on like having really good coordination and util combos between individual players than having like a really perfect overall super flexible game plan or a super stiff game plan. On the other hand, crew, what did their child their their style change for LCQ? Really good at contending with aggression, really good at getting early space on their defensive side and then kind of giving and, and playing retakes. They played against a lot of the aggressive teams and dealt with them really well. If Paper X shows up having a rough day, you know, Kesnet happens to be the GOAT, the style matches up. I, I don't know. I'm so I I I am so tired of the this guy hasn't played at an international land yet. Narrative. It's a good narrative. I don't care it's if it's a fake. terrible it's that a has good been narrative. a thing like point five of a times. Like what was the case? Like, Alfier wasn't a god. He was just great. Like, was that the only example? <laughs> yeah, but if something's not a god and it's just land, like, like, God, Kesnit, Deus, we'll smite him I in the just, server. I hate the narrative. I would love to go with crew, but I, I, it's just... Uh, like, anyways, pick Paper X. Paper X have Devi, who is just the the god of the game. So they win. That's that's my only and final take. Yeah, I think, I think there's a world where crew can... Um, pull an upset or even just like get a map but it's going to be heavy relying on getting the right maps and i think the chamber is going to help them been doing davies on chamber and obviously i think that actually can go against the aggression pretty well um but yeah i don't know i'm expecting paperx had such a long time to prepare crew come from last chance qualifier all the demos that are out they just literally showed everything like there's been so many games of them um yeah i think it's i think it's paperx's but uh, I'm, I, it's one of those. It's one of those that has. Uh, I mean, crew look good. There, there is upset potential, but Bayprex is, as in my books, they're just too good. I love how uh, I love the is just very quiet on this one. They want to talk about a crew run or anything. I'll give my input on crew later. <laughs> <laughs> Josh will be winning this game. Paperx will be winning this game. Wow! <laughs> this time. Oh, wait. Get oh. back to me in the rematch in the lower bracket. Whoa, gah. All right, hold on. What? Let's uh let's take it. Let's go to the next game. So Paper Rex we have going through. As Josh twirls that mustache. <laughs> EDG versus, that's for the audio listeners. EDG versus Giants. I mean, I'm going EDG. EDG. This, yeah. is, this is close, though. Like, don't don't get this one twisted. How, this how close? Because I'm thinking it's like a 62-38. Okay, that's actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I like that. Well, you're rolling yeah. that? All right, yeah. So, But, but yeah, you need you to 62. I'm, I'm going to go with them. I'm playing the yeah. odds on favorite. Yeah. I actually I, think I, I, this, I this group A is going to be the most fun and actually might be the most stacked group in champs as well. I think all of these teams are really good. I like Crew and Giants. I think the the retooling of both of their styles and focusing like individual players on uh, on more specific roles instead of moving them around a lot, which they were doing throughout the season, has been very beneficial for both teams. I think um, the main thing where I'm looking at Giants at the moment as well is they qualified and they didn't show anything. Like they managed no. to play a, a Mickey Mouse final against Navi where they're just using random random comps. I mean, it kind of worked, but it's not a comp that they're going to use. 
And then in the other games, they didn't really show too much. Just They're just kind of looking decent. So yeah, they, they go through last chance qualifier and, and they hardly showed anything. Like four maps worth or something really. So yeah, it's I'm telling you, this one's really close, but um, yeah, we'll go VDG. Okay. So now we're in the lower bracket where we have Crew versus Giants. This is where Crew goes on a run. <laughs> yeah. I will I am still believing in Crew. I have them taking this game over Giants in in nail-biting fashion. This one is going to be a thriller to the finish line. Crew are taking it. Josh, is this your time? To talk <laughs> yeah, about this is your time. That's why Wilkinson will in, say next. <laughs> in order for me to predict the next match, I require Crew to win this game. Now, whether okay. or not they will actually do that <laughs> is, is another question. I could see Crew's run ending here because I do think this is a very stacked group. I think they've got difficult opponents here. Uh, Giants are certainly not pushovers. They haven't had to demonstrate anything. They don't actually play that like loose of a style. Maybe if Fatinio has a really bad game and ends up being shut down, it'll make it a little easier for um for crew to to win this one but i i'm gonna go with crew just for the narrative's sake because i really want to see them play twice against paper x but i i think this one's about as dead 50 50 as you could get i don't really even see how to predict this match i know so little about giants they look different to when they played in the regular season different enough that i don't think you can really use how they performed in the regular season as a as a measure of what they're going to do at champs but they also at lcq showed us like two, two, three maps i think like they played a couple of maps like over, so I think they've yeah. literally shown us three out of seven of the maps in their pool, which is it's nothing. It's so much less than crew. Um, so I I don't know. There there's still a big unknown to me about why their ceiling can even lie. I think this mm -hmm. is a coin flip. I I agree. I'm everything is a fifty fifty. I can be persuaded either way with this one. I don't like. Uh, I think I in my original pickums I put like giants, but even then it's it's a fifty fifty. It, it's like on the day, Kesnet, Clouds, kind of head to head, and just everyone else performing. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's not they, all both these teams look completely revitalized in last chance qualifier, and that was only like not enough data for me to feel confident either way. So, yeah, I'm I'm down to be persuaded by whatever people want. By the way, look at the teams that Giants is going to play against here. If they do end up like losing to EDG, we're going to have Nookie playing against uh, Chishu on sentinel and then going up against davies like those are those are low-key some unbelievably cracked players to have on sentinel for group a like, other teams around the world would be would be loving to have a play players like that on their team currently with how these guys are performing i mean yeah. this group is just like low-key so good it's like edg i think favored to make another run probably it's paper x with finally their full strength roster like crew in the best form we've ever seen them in i think like ever for this team and then like a giants that is just like low-key looking pretty good in emea lcq like i feel like all these games are going to be really close even the ones that we think will have a favorite like i can see that crew paper x game like being close i can see crew taking a map like it's gonna be exciting mimi who are you picking for crew giants crew. are you picking kesnet Crew, Kesnet, narrative, crew, I want to see what Wilkinson's mustache, mustache twirling has prepared him for in I'm, this next match. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I he has I'm one more requirement. Up. I'm I think EDG needs to build. win. 
All right. Paper X EDG. Josh, what I think are you going to try and convince us of? No, it's it's not just it's not just trying to convince you of it, right? I think I think EDG should have won the first time around. I think they're going to be ready to do it this time too. I, th- I think they're... they should have won the first time around when they had a gecko content creator. <laughs> they have a yes. professional player now. Yes. So is that a factor? No. <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't work, Josh. That doesn't. That makes no sense. Okay, here's here's the thing. I do think I I really do think paper eggs are gonna look fantastic. I think they are. But if anything, I think I think EDG did not just go on some kind of lucky run. I think they went on a breakout performance that is gonna see them be one of the top competitors for the next probably year of Valorant. I don't know exactly what the scene is going to look like next year, but I imagine they're going to keep the same roster, and I think this is going to be one of our top teams. The way in which they play, the talent that they have on the team, the improvements. Guys, can we just appreciate how much this team has improved from last champions to now? They, they have learned like a sponge. They have took it in, and they have looked fantastic every time we've seen them play they've gotten better and better the individual form has always been there but now they're on a heater i i feel like the run that they made is just an an appetizer and a moose bouche for the main course that is them going on a stomping run at this champions (laughs) and we are all going to be just satiated with lovely splendiferous tastes in our mouth as we watch (laughs) kang kang just contact op his way through everybody it, it, it was like that watching them. I remember when I was, it was like the Navi game or something. I was watching them and I was just like, sure, they can win like a lot of the clutches and stuff like that. And I was like, but I haven't, I'm not like convinced by their mid rounding. And like the next game, they're doing like FNS style mid rounding, just yeah. dominating the map, controlling it. And I'm just like, yeah. Damn, bro, like where has this come from? They've just learned it overnight. Like it looks incredible. So, yeah, it's they like are getting. shift of style is yeah, so insane. It's impressive. I'm buying into the stocks. I'm not saying EDG have given us any necessarily like any evidence that they are better than Paper X currently. I may have heard some scrim rumors and I may be putting too oh much weight God. into them. But I really Josh. do. I think, I think if you were going to take a punt on a team, Josh, it would be Joshy. EDG. <laughs> not the, not if you were going to take a punt, you would punt with EDG. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll at least I'll at least go on my side. Um, I think that in terms of uh, like coming from last chance qualifier again, like the the Chinese teams got a little bit wrecked. They had to go to Tokyo. They then had to practice like all of those games. They showed a, showed a good amount to an extent. I know it was relatively easy for them. Um, but you think they're doing all of that? Why Paper X is just chilling, just coming up with like new fast strats and how are they going to push on defense in a different style? Like they're gonna they're gonna have too much. It's uh, yeah, you have to go with Paper X. Eh? Like it's just too hard coming from last chance qualifier to be the favorites for this but they can win i agree with you they can win but it's just it's such a such a big advantage having that extra time and not showing the data at last champs didn't they get knocked out by lcq teams after having a break like that it is in paper ranks yeah paper ranks was nowhere near as good yes. as they are now but, back then. but they but they were also yeah i think they won they literally kind of got completely re- re- revitalized once they had something and like getting yeah. rid of Benkai was actually like the best thing ever. They might have replaced the Divi with a clone. He's just the he the, this new <laughs> gaming AI. He's a fucking god now. Like that was the Divi of last year compared to now is possibly the most stark contrast and significant improvement from a player 
from last year to this year, period. I'm also not going to think of anyone else to counter that. Yeah, I can't think of but, examples off the top of my head. But it sounds like it could be very true and very real. So I'm going to roll so with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going Paper X for the aforementioned reasons from Sluggy. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not just going to rehash everything. The, so I'm going Paper X. Uh, How incredible is this game going to be, though? Seeing something playing up against Kang Kang, seeing the individual level of all of these players currently when they look like they're peaking, seeing the chaos that's going to be injected into this game, seeing the shorty kills. I mean, this is a stonker of a match. Do you think this could be the best of the group stage? Because This might like be the best game the of the tournament. Of the best of the tournament? It's possible. I mean, it's possible. I think it's going to be great. But I'm also on the Paper X side. I just, in good conscience, cannot vote against Paper X here. I'm All sorry, right. Wilkinson. No cooking. Paper X have moved through. <laughs> this is where you. This is where we may find some disagreements in the camp. Well, this is where the mustache was I... going to be twirled, but his his little narrative, Crew his, lose. his little special world, his little Cinderella <laughs> little life. Crew lose dead. thirteen zero thirteen zero. Thirteen? No. No. I, I mean, I. This is my bracket up until this point, and I have Kesnit going through in the decider game. No. No. Yes. Dude, no. I, I, they I'm have ZM JJ, KK, pretty good player, and he will gap Kesnit Deus. No. The, the, I mean, no. At the very least, that's no. They're they're. Honestly, they're both amazing players, and I can't wait to watch them go head to head. To have fun. But Kesnit is going to win. The, dude, Kesnit is just in rare form. I've, I'm, I'm on the crew but here's train. The thing. I don't think the rest of his team is in as rare form as EDG for all the reasons discussed. We were just talking about them beating Paper X, and now we're talking about them losing to Crew. No. I wasn't talking about them beating Paper X at all. <laughs> Matter of oh. fact, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was Josh talking about that. I don't Got have it. them beating Paper X, I have them losing in that game. And then losing to Crew. I so, think I think if Crew are going to make a serious run here, it has to be by beating Paper X. I mean, a, a partly because I think it'd be funny, and that's the narrative I've come up with. But also because <laughs> I feel like for them, for Crew to be able to beat a top-level team, like an absolute tier one title-contending team, um, I think they need to have that stylistic matchup edge. It can't just be based on Kesnik going crazy. It can't just be based on. Um, you know, the, the form of the players or the fact that they are looking good right now. It's got to also be because Crew's playstyle matches up really well against what their opponents are playing. And to me, that's Paper X. That isn't EDG. <coughs> so I think this would be a bad bracket for Crew to go through, frankly. I think they would have a better chance of being able to go through if EDG won. I think they've got a better chance of being able to deal with the, the uh, lunatic run-at-you strats that Paper X cook up, even though they're well-coordinated. I think that that would favor Crew more than EDG would. EDG are a slower-paced team. I think Crew will struggle with that a bit more. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. That's reasonable. Sliggy, thoughts? Um, I'm leaning towards EDG, but um, honestly, why you almost had me with that Crew stuff. I, I, I almost switched over. I was actually just like, actually, this kind of... You almost had me there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I've got to go with EDG. Again, it's just... Um, they just they just look too good they do just look too good um i think crew the thing that's scary about crew is like map pool is very strong like that's that's the, where i'm kind of looking at it i'm thinking like okay maybe maybe if they get a good veto 
they might be able to do this. Yeah, um, listen, we get we get Kesnet on some of those raise maps. Well, he might be cooking. Yeah, might be <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with EDG. But again, I I think this is more fifty fifty than people think, honestly. But yeah, I'm leaning towards EDG. All right. I'm also EDG. So EDG are going through. That's fine. Dude, this is a tough group. Listen, that's this fine. This is a tough cool. group. Yeah, this is the hardest group to call. Submit out. the pick'em, Curtis. Pick'em submitted. Group B. EG FPX foot T1. Oh, a banger. So EG are, <laughs> <laughs> so EG are beating FPX. Kurt just already auto-filled that. Yep. Um, I think FPX are in, like, remarkably mid-form. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't watched a ton of their gameplay, but I just, like, wasn't impressed. I think they had moments at the last tournament they were at where either it was silly enough to be like yeah this is pretty sick or like actually some players going crazy but honestly i just see eg dismantling them in this game and dismantling either foot or t1 eg's good at the game it turns out yeah i don't know how deep it's going to be but uh, i mean eg are going on a run they're going uh, they're going top four at least minimum top four eg coming up foot versus t1 uh now i this feel i don't know what do you do? This is I, a hard one as well. And yeah. they both had so much time off that it's just like they could be looking uh, at least better than they were in Tokyo. I think both of these teams kind of underperformed what my expectations were in Tokyo. Um, the thing that kind of is giving me the edge to, first of all, I always underrate foot, but I'm, I, that's kind of what I just do. I feel like T1, if I'm just looking at the amount of improvement they make every time I watch them, it just seems like leaps and bounds. So if I kind of go with that, all process they're gonna look way better than they were last time and i think the t1 should be taking this um i've already pissed off the turkish fans and there's no point apologizing so i might as well double down i i feel like i i feel like foot have the highest chance of being out of form compared to the other teams because the 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 kind of run that got them through. We haven't seen them compete recently. And the competing that we did see throughout the season was a little up and down. And then it had a big, a very strong finish towards the end. And then they didn't really perform at Tokyo. So I I, I think if you were going to take a punt on, like I said with EDG, if you wanted to take a punt on a team overperforming, I would go for EDG. If you wanted to take a punt on a team underperforming, I'd, compared to like the evidence that they've shown most recently, uh, domestically, I'd go for foot. That doesn't mean they will. I just think that it's a, a reasonable uh, bet to go with when you're making predictions like this. So yeah, I've got T1. Hi, White. And uh, hello, T1. Uh, I think I'm on the same page as you. Uh, T1 just showed a lot of potential, honestly, even though they lost out. Remember, they, all, they beat EDG the first time. I think almost beat them the second time as well. Had a couple other really close matches in Tokyo. Uh, I think t stylistically as well, T1... Um, showed good stuff i think they had a lot but did a lot better job of like slowing things down flying into their mid-round carpe was so back he was in great form for them um and this is i think really going to be a game based on form of how well they've done the off season uh or not really the off season the month since tokyo but i'm in favor and, and feel safer yeah i'm down for it I, I know they work incredibly hard as well so in terms of like time off knowing that they work incredibly hard i'm gonna give them the edge are we talking uh, to you one oh we're deep in yeah. this oh yeah we got yeah, well, that's fine by me um 
I, do we think that's even going to be a good game, EGT1? No. Yeah. I don't think it no. will no. be. Yes. No. Yes. Two, oh, Why do you think 13, it's going to be Bro, this is a close game. This it's a not close a close game. game. This is a close it's game. not a close game. This is a close game. You lot are crazy. The, I, the game. Give me yeah, a reason. You got e, 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 have done a whole run where they've where they've just banged people out on fracture. You get it's it's like BBL all over again when people didn't realize that BBL were insane at their scent. You get rid of the fracture, and honestly, I think that that's a big stepping stone to making this a close game. I still don't think that they're like the favorites or anything like that, or or that they're gonna win. But I do think that this is a much closer game because. That's how EG won most of their games by by having Fracture, no one realizing that they're the best team in the world of Fracture, and just letting it through. And that that happened every single best of three, pretty much. So you you take away that it's but, it's the same it's the same thing with BBL with, with Ascent. You take away Ascent. I don't feel like they're still like an okay team on on, on maps, but I just a, don't think. Uh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that narrative. Easy I'm, time. I'm not a fan of that narrative though because I feel like the T1 also sorry not T1 mm -hmm. EG also beat top teams on a range of other maps like their, sure. their their split was excellent their ascent was excellent as well um yeah it wasn't like best in world like their fracture was but it was they they were absolutely up there and T1 also perma banned split maybe they've changed that but I just don't see how they can get an advantage in the in the map veto if they get rid of fracture you're leaving you're pig of the litter in terms of the the split ascent, um, and I mean, I guess like a haven or something. I, I'm not exactly you, sure. What you the would other give a more. Would you would give a more chance on all of those maps, other like over fracture. Yes, but I think they're probably still just gonna wipe the floor with them. I mean, EDG wiped the floor with them the second time they played against them too. T one are not like a team that's competing for a deep tournament run. Nah, I'm not saying they're a deep tournament round, but I'm saying this is a closer game than than what you lot think in my mind. You're, you're saying every game's 50-50, Sliggy. I, I think loads of these games can be close, yeah, for sure. Dude, what time, it... a month and a half off, like, this is crazy. But here's the thing, it's the ball... This is, this it's crew the, territory. It's, it's Mr. Issa's 60-40 rule that is 70 -30. Or Sorry, 70-30. Any game, there's at least a 30% chance that the enemy team is going to win. We, we can't just come out here and see sunshine, joy, and rainbows and think everyone's going to turn things around and it's going to be close and it's going to go from 70-30 to minimum 60-40. We have to think with what we've seen and ignore <laughs> the possibilities into the future and believe. Uh, and for that reason, I don't care, T1. T1's just going to lose CG. Let's move Sure. I will say with the EG factor as well, just to pile it on, uh, this is the first time where they're not, like, they actually have pressure. They're, they're overdogs. Big the narrative. Big narrative. True narrative. I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the white train here. All narratives are fake. Pressure isn't real. They're chilling oh, and vibing, dude, I, and they're winning it all. I don't think there is... Is there, a, is there any player on T1 that is better than the EG player in their role? The silence is deafening. Case <laughs> <laughs> I think the silence maybe. may speak for itself. <laughs> on their on their day, maybe, but it's very they're kind of yeah, they, system with that stuff. They can, but, yeah. they can but, uh, be, but, but uh, yeah. percentage wise, I'll give you that regularly. Right. I'm just All saying. Right. I, I think this can be uh, the, the ch uh, dude. We spent too much time on this game. Open. We have spent too much time. I'm, I'm banging the gavel. You, so. We're moving on. Uh, FPX foot. All right, foot. They're stepping on him. T1 oh, versus but, foot. FPX will take a map though. I'm saying that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a two-one yeah, game. Yeah, it's very doable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is the weird thing about this group. I I think foot. 
are not a very good team, they have a great chance of being able to make playoffs. A really good chance of being able to make playoffs. Because they're going to play against T1 twice in all likelihood. Even if they win. Even if they win the first time, they're going to play against them again. So T this group is just going to come down to whether T1 and Foot win the second time around. I mean, it, do it literally doesn't matter who wins the first time. Play whatever the hell you like the first time around if you're confident <laughs> in being able to beat FBX. And then just, just come up with new ideas for the second game. That's what's going to define you making playoffs or not. Yeah, very, very true. I would, I would like to go with foot, but I just can't. I, 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 I felt like they were on the cusp of doing so much more than they did at Tokyo, and I was disappointed in the fashion that they got smoked by DRX on the second two maps of that series. I think that was a real shot for them to get an upset win, and they fumbled it. And for that reason... I'm out. <laughs> and it's T1. Thank you, Mr. Wonderful. Let's move on to the next one. Hey, you've actually, you've shark tanked me on this episode. <laughs> I can't, I can only speak in shark tank language. All right, submit that pick em, EG and T1 going through. Group C, Fnatic, Zeta, NRG, Billy Billy Gaming. Fnatic, Click it three times, Kurt, I mean, and let's discuss Fnatic the other This is Zeta. the least interesting group. NRG are beating Billy Billy. Fnatic are beating NRG. Data, NRG. Yeah, Thank you, man. <laughs> the, the, the NRG, that's a game that all has potential. But I think that as long as NRG are going the same route as that trial with Chamber, then they'll be fine. My, my reason I think NRG is just going to roll is because I just don't think Zeta's style works into NRG. I think if you're playing these really slow attack side defaults versus NRG every round, I think Finesse is just going to feast in the mid round. Uh, and I also think, well, Laz is in peak form. I think the rest of the players are just like individually better than everyone on the other side for energy i could see it being closer than it should be but i don't see a world where energy loses this when zeta division were performing at their absolute best when they went on their best ever run they didn't take a map off optic oh uh, well Th thanks. this is not yeah. gonna be a thanks for game. that sunshine and rainbows <laughs> okay, at the end of this group josh <laughs> really appreciate that one i still i truly believe that zeta are like two roster moves away from being a tier one team but, but they're not gonna do it Yes. I, yes. Think, um, I think also NRG have a chance of being Fnatic if they go heavy chamber. Like, NRG have always been the best at using a chamber, and you, you actually put that out against the Fnatic, they have a pretty good chance as well. You are Not so chamber-pilled. <laughs> Bro, it's the best agent right now. It is. And if you, if you have someone that is artist, like, in my mind, like a top five, potentially even top three, I think you can, you can make it work very heavy. I mean, that's if, also if assuming the Fnatic also don't go towards the chamber, right? Because they, they certainly could put Alpha on that. I, I think they'll be too scared to make so many risks. But uh, yeah, it would be Alpha. But I, I think they're at the place where they're probably not going to make too many risks. Whereas NRG will just be like, we might as well. Like, we're not doing great. We're doing kind of kind of average, but they're kind of yeah. top performers in, in the past. So I don't know. And I know the artist loves chambers, so. Yeah, no, that's I reasonable. I think they can do it, but I'm also it's, it's, it's an, on the chamber. Right it's annoying for some of these for some of these games because like foot T1, like I I think foot can do well, but I I think T1's underrated. And then honestly for Zetra as well, it's kind of the same energy. I just think it's gonna come out swinging. Like I have energy going top four, maybe even final of this event. But yeah, I Zeta wish the best. I think they'll you know they'll do a great job out there. But guys. For the love of God, make two roster changes next year. Submit that pick, I'm Kurt. Damn. <laughs> uh, and crazy. then uh, Group D, which is also a crazy group, uh, which is the Liquid, Navi, DRX, Loud group. Liquid Nobody versus Navi through. in the opening. 
What did you say, Wilkinson? <laughs> Nobody goes through. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should limit this group to one slot. No, no. Okay, I, I, I think we're going to see a revival. I think the Duma narrative around Group D is too much. It's too much, okay? Surely I'm one of these teams bounces back, right? Liquid and loud. This is not the group of death. This is the group of What in the Lord's no, name are no. you doing over there? Unclick those buttons, Mr. Unclick Curtis. Unclick Navi. Unclick Navi. Liquid are beating Navi. People have gotten too low on Liquid. I don't know where the like yeah, fraudulent narrative came you from. You are the reason. What are you talking about? But I, I, I said that I didn't like Liquid because they were stopping players like Safe and Nats from reaching their potential of like winning I, tournaments. And I, I wasn't saying they're fraudulent. Like they're gonna go out in groups. There's a different. Then they're, they're like they're like a fucking two on the fraud scale. They're mini frauds, I'm, but they're not big frauds. They're not like DRX. DRX are mega frauds. I'm in, I'm in disbelief. Uh, like, can we go, can we pull up something from the history? Can we play in black and white Josh's rant about Team Liquid from like three or four weeks ago where you were just, you were blowing their back out with criticism. You were going crazy Yeah, there's a lot to criticize Josh. because they're a team that could end up winning tournaments, but at the moment, they just have too many people making too many stupid decisions to stop them from getting to that point. But they're still going to make it to playoffs. They're still a top eight team. Bre I'm sorry, this is holdover from Bren saying that Liquid are not top eight. And top eight in this tournament? Of course they're top eight. When did Bren say that? The power rankings. Oh, well, he's mad. Okay, but Josh, you just, my, <laughs> my, my, my main point here is that you were just talking about you don't know where that narrative came from. Don't know. You, you perpetuated it. it. <laughs> who did your that? Your narrative, Josh. You're like a child guy. who grabbed a cookie out of the cookie jar every it's night. You went to your bedroom. You you had it, and then finally your mom's like, "You want a cookie after dinner tonight?" And there's there's no cookies, and you're like, "Where did they go? What happened? <laughs> I couldn't have done this. No." Like, you're on your childish arc. I can't you are the it, hater, Josh. and you are the reason, Joshua. So are Liquid beating Navi, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're okay. not frauds. Just because I can't stand I... watching Navi at the moment. Yeah, me too. Navi, <sighs> get them out. Like, I, I actually can't stand it. But, dude, if, mate, if uh, Redgar, if Redgar and Angel are both on Omen, <laughs> I might not watch this game. Like, honestly, I might not watch this game. They would just be going for their own little mini game of who can make the worst Wait, Omen double TV. Navi? No! No! Worst timeline! No, st Kurt, fix it, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that's the thing. Nothing uh, we so can do. I can't. I can't refresh the page, can I? Yeah, you can. I know. No, no, you no. can't. You can't. As, as much I think, as I, I think this is just what we got to do. Like, <laughs> click. As much as I'm done. saying that, you know, Liquid, they're not as fraudulent as people are making out. They're gonna make it out of groups. The lowest potential, like the floor of this match, is so far down. Uh, in theory, it could be a good game. It could be a great game. Like Liquid have looked like they have the potential to perform at a really high level, and Navi's players are still in form. They were trending towards better comps towards the end of their LCQ run as well, before the fraudulent finals. But that like final game that they had against Koi, they actually looked like they were playing some decent stuff. But the ceiling and the floor are so far away. Yeah, I agree. This could be uh, it could be a shit show, <laughs> but it could be great as well. <laughs> 
I just do not think that DRX are losing to Loud. I don't care what rumors you give me. I don't care what reports you hand me on my desk. I don't care who Aspas is signing with. I don't care where he is in the world. I don't care whether Les has been torturing him uh, in some kind of sick device that he's got in the back end of the Loud closet with, <laughs> with spikes and a rack. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if Fraud is doing all of the map vetoes. I don't care if Sassy's ringing people up, begging to come back. Loud are beating DRX. That's it. It's over. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you. even if yep. <laughs> even if even if Loud are in shambles behind the scenes, I think then they're even then they're just gonna go out and just play with the fuck it mentality, and they're just gonna boom them with. I think that with, with the skill that they have, I just think DRX in their current state wouldn't even. They, I don't think they'd be able to handle a team just egoing them and playing how they want and not really having a care in the world. I don't think they For have. For me, the, it's gonna they don't spin the roulette the wheel until they're fucking spinning their way back across the Pacific Ocean with some <laughs> variation of a roster, but it it's not happening. DRX is. Done. Okay. They're not winning do they, a map do they play? this tournament. They're done. No, they're not winning a map. Nope, it's done. It's done. It's over. <laughs> Even I wouldn't go that far. Actually, they in the lower bracket. They might win. They're map, playing Navi but... in the lower oh bracket. Oh god! No. Oh god! I forgot Navi was in this group. Also, who do they play? Who do DRX play? Who do they play? They play loud. They've said all. No, no, no. I mean their oh, roster. Who? They've been saying all year that they're going to play Foxy Nine at Champions. They've said that constantly. They're, they're going like, to play oh, no. Foxy Nine Don't against worry, loud. They're going to lose, and then they're going to play Zest versus Navi. Yeah, they're going to beat okay. Navi. They're going to go yeah. back to Foxy Nine for the Liquid game, and they're going to lose to Liquid. It's the prophecy. I hope they don't do that stuff. Like, honestly, don't even take the sixth player at this point. Just make a decision and just stick with it. Like, it's it's genuinely Foxy Nine at you. home. If they but, have honestly, like, ugh. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> like, just so choose, much, like, just choose one. Make a decision. This like limbo is just awful. Six man rosters are just so crap. Stop trying to make it work. It doesn't work. It's too much work. The game changes too fast. You yeah. you don't have fifty coaches to make it work. You're not geniuses. Stop the six man roster stuff. It doesn't work. You can't be successful with it. It's not good. You just you just degrade into a, just a shit team. Stop it. Just just make a decision. If they make a decision and they made this a month ago, they have a good chance. But yeah, I hate this limbo stuff. Realest shit Sluggy's ever said. <laughs> um, but actually, though, real. Team Liquid Loud. Oh, wait. Oh, no, we're on the lower bracket. Sorry. So the lower bracket is Navi DRX. Oh, this will be Navi, the worst game Navi of the tournament. Navi pain my soul because they... They, uh, they have Xiao. They have Sagetsu. Guys, can we put together a win somewhere, please? It's, uh, it's infuriating for me to watch these players struggle in the way they do with how talented they are individually. It, it doesn't make sense. Because it, they, the, uh, the other so players that you didn't mention, the other players you didn't mention are Zipan and CNET. Like you go back to 2021, like CNET and 2022, Zipan's incredible. Like, they, yeah. They, have... in, they, they would struggle to not be good and somehow they've done it like it, it, is, it is disappointing i don't <laughs> when, i don't know how it's happening when zipan is on when zipan is on raise it looks better it looks i think good. oh they've yeah they've got a His serious chance in god mode for since the beta 
But but also, I mean, considering that Durka only played race throughout their win in Masters Tokyo, and a lot of teams have started opting more towards that, I think I think they win this game against DRX. Hold on, Sliggy. I need to ask you. You you mm -hmm. said you do know why they're losing. But Bro, then, it's just the, it's, it. it's just the there's multiple things there's multiple things it's, it's the comps that they just keep on changing first of all they just change the up these comps all the time and it's this whole thing where i don't know i'm gonna start a conspiracy theory but i feel like the whole team hates cnet like i just don't get it like it just it just feels like everyone in the team wants this guy to fail he eventually gets the op out twice on ascent and i see angel dying within the first 10 seconds each time and it's just like dude give this guy just 20 seconds with an op like let him peak fast just everything they're doing doesn't make sense and then they do these comps and then they just have the pure basics on these comps so like and people are like taking orbs on a and they don't have like a a map like an a orb punish for just for for ascent and i'm just watching it just like how like how can we be what have we done with our time? Like, like are we just trying to, are we just trying to impress people and say that we can just use these comps? Like, what is it? Nothing's. It, they're just, they're just getting good with with comps instead of getting great with a comp, and it really shows. And they just don't use Ned well. Like, they really don't use Ned well. I feel like he's the guy. I've watched Descend enough. It feels like he's the guy. You tell him to go aggressive and do something, he's gonna do it. But it just feels like they, they either don't believe that he can be aggressive and then try and compensate heavily with it. But yeah, it it just looks like this. I don't know. It, I would. I feel bad for him when I watch it up. From listening to how Navi kind of discuss things and how Doom Bros has talked in interviews, it sounds like Angel often approaches the comps from like a big picture, like our win conditions with the comp. Like this is how it's supposed to function. This is where we get our advantages, which is very different to how other IGLs are thinking about the game, where they're thinking about like playing a composition that's good on the map, and then how do I put my players in positions to win the rounds. And how do I, you know, CNED likes to peak this angle or CNED likes to go aggressive here or play with the op here. How do I use the comp in order to put him in his best position? Or And you can apply that to whoever you like. Um, but it feels like they come at it from a much more theoretical point of view where it's more to do with the strengths and weaknesses of the composition versus composition and how to maximize that rather than maximize the players and the talent that they have on the team. Um, and, and I think that that like, thought process is just leading them down a bit of a weird track right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think they had the most flexible pass in terms of artists, and now they don't with, with CNET. And like even in the even in the after interview, it, we look at Split, like the map that is the best for double duelist. And they're like, yep, this is the first time we've tried it. The first time you've yeah. tried double duelist and you have, you have CNET and Zipan, like potentially one of the best raises, one of the best jets. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, that's all true. I, I, there, I have some sick belief that they're going to pull this off and beat DRX, but it, it, this, this game just pains me. These are the, just both teams that should be excellent in the playoffs that I mean, you like expect FPX, to be deep DRX. in the tournament, and you're just expecting them both to be in a sad state. It's just... It's a sorry state of affairs in this Group D lower bracket, and I'm praying to God that one of these teams can turn it around. But I, say, we, I, I, I'm going to go with Navi. Yeah. I, I mean, I just... Do, I, with a, a fucking prayer. What, that's it. One of these teams, you're, you're praying to one of them, to the gods of one of these teams. I'm going to go with Navi, with Shao and Sagetsu. Both of them, they're just too sick. Hopefully they can bring this over the finish line. That's where I stand. And I'm sorry, but I, I just remembered 
FPX DRX at Copenhagen being like one of the best Valorant matches I've like ever watched. And now just ex looking forward to this one with dread in my heart. It's so sad. Despair. I just, I'm just praying one of these teams ends up being good. But if neither of them are good, I think Shaolin Sugetsu Gap and Navi win. They also played against DRX at Champions too. And it was like for a very, very uh, top level. Like it was the one right before the lower bracket final. It was to define which team ended up minimum third. And yeah, that we're was also about a them. great game. We're talking about it being a game for like who's about to go home first. Yeah, it's weird. I I feel like are we all in agreement that any of these teams could like get out of this group? Like, Absolutely. It feels, yes. Yeah. I mean, any of them I mean, could yeah. just become just... good. All yeah, we we have yeah. the America's champion, the EMEA champion, a tournament winning squad in Navi who made an upgrade with CNED coming in, and DRX who have been the best team in the like Asian region. Well, not necessarily an upgrade. Well, we don't have to get into that. But DRX who's been like the best team in Asia for pretty much all of Valorant and is only now slipping. And we're expecting this to be the group of despair, not death. The the only team I'm confident making it through will be Liquid. Surely they take one of the two spots. I can't see a world where they don't. So I'm going to go... Okay, so we, we have... Are we... Did he, I, I, I think I'm the only person who said we're the picking. I pick Na'Vi. Anyone else? What are you, what are you feeling, Sluggy? I, I'm going for Na'Vi. Na'Vi. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say DRX, but... I'll go with you. All right. So we got Navi going through. Upper bracket, Team Liquid Loud. I'm going to go with Liquid just because I think that they're going to win one of these games and make it through. Why not this one? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just... I, I'm, I have more confidence in them to be ready to contend in playoffs than a certainty with... I have no certainty with Loud right now. Um, so I'm going to go with Liquid. I think there's a safer option. Yeah, I, I've kind of echoed that. I think they're a safer option as well. It's it's so hard with Tokyo because, like, leading it, like, it's just two games where Loud just kind of just wrecked themselves by just not playing how they normally played. But yeah, in terms of the consistency, you have to include that. So I'm going to go with Liquid. I mean, Liquid only just, they choked, really. Like, that's the reason, like, that Haven game against NRG was, was crazy. So I don't see that happening again, but we'll see. So, yeah, I go with Liquid. Josh. I I don't know. I mean, I, I I would love to think that Loud have revitalized themselves and are actually going to perform at a top level. I feel like it, it's very reactionary of us all to think that Loud would not win this game. And yet, that's where I feel my gut leaning. I... I I'm going to let my brain take over, I guess, and just say loud, but I could be so, so wrong and very disappointed. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I also like, I feel like the second I stop believing in loud, it's just going to bite me in the ass and they're going to end up being good. Like, this team has always been good. They've always performed in international tournaments. They had one bad event. They've had some internal issues that hopefully they've worked through. I mean, Sadak is posting, guys, all good. We have no internal issues anymore. And me, I'm I'm a little I'm a little sheep fan who reads that, and I believe him. Loud is back. So we're split down the middle. Kurt, get out the coin. It's time for the getting out this my game deserves opinion. the coin. Oh, Kurt has oh, an opinion. Okay. Too. It's loud. Okay. <laughs> okay. But what does the coin say? And then liquid. Do you guys want to know what the coin says? Yeah. I, have the, I already have the coin flip I'm, on deck. Oh, nice. Uh, what are we? Heads loud. Flip it. 
It's very loud. It's heads. It's so loud. It's so loud. I'm fine with that. I mean, I think. I think it's reasonable for either team to make it through, yeah, and I'm I agree. way more confident that Loud and Liquid are going to make it through this group. No matter upper, lower, whatever, I think they're the favorites uh, to make it through at this point. So I'm I'm content with that. So we have Loud making it through the upper bracket. We didn't even discuss the lower bracket game of Liquid Navi, but Liquid? Sliggy Liquid? Yeah. Josh Liquid? So. <laughs> liquid? Any Liquiders? Yeah. Man, I really hope we. I really hope we don't get. Um, I really don't want to see a loud versus Navi game, where it's just like, who's gonna, who's gonna just block their their opper the most? Who's gonna get the least amount of ops? Who's gonna? Guys, just... are they gonna? Are they gonna let the good jet player play jet this time? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Gonna... What do you mean, Cnet or Aspas? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Both of them. Yes. Like we're gonna have the like two of the top three jets potentially in the world going head to head. Might not see him on jet or an op. Be, I am dreading these games in Group D, but they have the potential to also be ultra bangers. If the teams have taken the time, yeah. like you said, to like focus on five-man roster for DRX and really learn how to play the game, for Loud to rebound, for Liquid to play at their top level, for Na'Vi to figure out their comps and how they want to enable CNET, like, there, there, there is a world in which these games are good. And please, God, let me live in it. Yeah. <laughs> let me live in that universe. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be the ab it could be the best group by far. Like if you ported someone in from who who watched last year's champions and then stopped watching until this year's champions, they would be losing their mind at how insane that group is. <laughs> like this yeah. it is there is potential for without a doubt. So sentiments echoed. All right. Uh let's move on. We're going to talk about some champions hot takes. And then after that, we're going to take a short little break. I believe Bala is going to be joining us for the second half. And then we're going to do the top tens and all that stuff. Are we um, taking a break now or after that? I think we're going to have Bala come in now. I think oh, now? Wilkinson yeah, let's needs do it to now. leave. All right, you got to go, Wilkinson. Goodbye, Wilkinson. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye we'll, be right back. we'll be right back. We have no sponsor this episode. Let's freaking go. Unsullied by sponsors. <laughs> I'll be back in a bit. Thank you for supporting our show, everybody. Um, I'm going to use the restroom, but we're going to put on a different Kevin McLeod song this time, though. I'll surprise you. Hello. Hello. Some champions hot takes? No. All right, perfect. Oh, I got the audio is super strange for you, Bala. Can you oh, talk really? to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I goofed something up, so I'm gonna fix it real quick. Okay. Um, I don't know what that is causing that. Let me put some. Oh my god! All right, this is the fix OBS song. Fix the OBS song. I'm gonna mute you, Bala, because it's like strange sounding. Sorry. One second.
Alright, Ball, could you give me a test real quick? Oh my god, it's still goofed up. I'm gonna give you a different link and see if that fixes it. I don't know what I did on my end, but it's definitely on my end. Hello? Could you talk? Yes, I can talk. Test. All right, it's fixed. Yeah, I don't know what I did on my end, but it's fixed now. All good. I'm here. Yeah, I wonder if the viewers could hear that, but the audio was coming through like four times for you, Ball. It was very strange, <laughs> but now it's fixed. <laughs> song. You guys ready to go back to the pod? I'm oh. ready to pod. Alright, I'm gonna Stop. use the restroom. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking juked. Alright, I get to talk about everything again, right? So I can do here too. We can talk about the skins again. Cause... Yeah, but we're just gonna do the same shit. Yeah, is it cop or drop ball? What do you think about the skins? Cop, you guys are crazy for not buying the champion skins. I, I mean, mean, I'm gonna buy it. That is just disrespect. You guys are literally influencing people not to buy the skins right now when it pays your salary. Crazy, crazy. You guys buy every skin. Every skin. <laughs> And that's all the show I watched. Unlucky. That was the main bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tuned in specifically to talk about that. To listen we to spent an talk. hour and 15 minutes on the skins, and then spent like two minutes on tier two, and then like 10 minutes on the pickums. Oh, that. I can't wait to spend 50 hours on the top 10 list. <laughs> The amount of top 15 lists that I've seen so far is crazy. Yeah, we gotta get everyone Everyone's, everyone's stealing our whole flow. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Dude, dude 
Platchat Gaming LLC invented top 10 list. <laughs> invented it. Uh, Matt Mr. X is going to be sending you an email, summons to court if you posted your own top we're 15. Back in the mix here, huh? Woo, um, we're back in the mix. All right. Back in the saddle. Ah. Top 10 player time? Top 10 player time? Yeah, we could probably skip the Reddit. Let's, let's let's do these top 10 players. You want to do top 10? Let's yeah, do top 10. Yeah, top 10 players. And after this, by the way, this is the definitive top 10 list. I don't want to see a single other list until 2024. I don't even want I don't even want to make a fucking grocery list after this. No lists. Lists are done. <laughs> this is the last definitive list of the year. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> dude everything's falling apart i tried to add something last minute so what i tried to do last minute last night i made a button so i could hot swap guests so look at ball real quick <clears throat> oh, wait <laughs> and no, then we can swap in no, bring, <laughs> him back. bring him back but oh, i somehow oh, back. Uh, made oh, okay. it so the lower third doesn't go away <laughs> one second oh um, that's cool no i'm fine with that just it looks great. Look at this. That looks even better. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, one moment. We can start. Let's. You should give read off the spiel that I put. Wyatt. Okay. I will read the spiel. Bullet point. <laughs> Scoring system and logic. Every one of us created a top 15 players list. Rank 15 would earn one point. 14 would earn two points. All the way to rank one, which would earn 15 points. We combined the points from all the lists together. To achieve this definitive list, we contacted analysts from all over the world and tried to represent each region evenly. However, not everyone was able to submit a list in time. Here is our panel. Achilleos, Allen, Bala, Bren, Chobra, Doug, Dryad, Ender, Gatowski, GB, as in Golden Boy, Kakuka, Mimi, Mitchman, Nyang, Paperthin, uh, Rocket, Sideshow, Sleeky, Space, Tisinha, TMV, Tombiz, Wyatt, XRM Yinsu. That's everybody. <laughs> That's a lot of lists. Nailed it. <sighs> I'm gonna take it. I gotta work gonna read on. every Deep single breath. list individually afterwards and break okay. it down. Perfect. No <laughs> graphics. Been four and a half hours on No this graphics. Topic. All right. Let's get into it. Kurt, reveal the. I'm just assuming we're starting at ten, right? Yeah, we should probably start at ten. Okay. You can start at whatever you want. Kurt, reveal number ten to the people. Who is it, it is Jing in number 10. Jing was on 15 out of 25 lists and was the highest rated by me at four. That's crazy. That's uh, crazy. That's literally crazy. How do you feel about placement in number 10? Is that more aligned? And people left him off their <laughs> yeah. list yeah, That's kind of fucked. I He's mean, in top, top 15, yeah. <laughs> at least top 15 is kind of crazy. I, you know... 10th is maybe okay, but I had him higher. He's a god. He was crazy at Tokyo. And in my mind, when something comes back into the team, Forsaken's going to take a little bit of a dip in terms of his role, and Jing will be the guy that's, that shines a lot more. So, should be hard. Yeah. I think, um, so I don't know where people sit on, on this stuff, because when I'm doing the top, like, 10th, top 15, or whatever, I'm thinking, like, throughout the year, and I think he had a slow start to the year, but then Tokyo was, like, crazy strong performance from him, like, he was a big reason why they won a lot of the maps in my eyes, so, um, 
I can see that 10 is like fair if you're including the whole of the year. If it does go enough Tokyo, I think it probably needs to be higher. But um, yeah, I think this is relatively fair if we're thinking like years performance. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at with it. Like I, I think I, I earlier in the year, I would have had him more around this placement or a little lower. And then I bumped him up a lot because he was just sick at Tokyo. So he, he got the bump from me. Um, all right. Number nine, do the reveal. <laughs> Number nine is Demon One. Demon One is the lone EG player in the top 10. He is also the only blank on this list. What? what? <laughs> the what? only jet? Uh, I mean, what? you have to figure it out. Guess what it is. The only person with a number in their name? The Any only... Person? North American player? North American, yeah. It might be that. That's hard to believe, though. Wait, actually, yeah, maybe. It might be only North American player. The thing is, there will be four out of five of the Fnatic players on here, guaranteed. Yes. Probably, like... I can't think of any Any players. Any Crashies enjoyers? Something will be on here. We already have Jing. That's already six of our spots gone. Demon one, that's seven. There's only three more spots. He probably is the only North American yeah, player, which be. is fucked, but probably true. No, but also true. No crashies enjoyers? I think crashies. No crashies enjoyers? Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. two years ago. If, if I think of just the whole, if <laughs> I think of the whole, no, if I think of the whole run of, uh, bro, if I think of the whole run of Valorant, crashies is in my top ten. If I think of this year, I'm not. Uh, he's the reason they made it to Tokyo. Guys, we're talking about Demon One. Hold up. <laughs> uh, Demon One's really good. I mean, back in. remember, this guy was uh, who mega lol a while ago, and now we're expecting him to be a top 10 player at Champions. He showed up last second to Tokyo, performed really well. Obviously not quite as god mode as he did in Americas, but I think he's going to feel much more comfortable on the international stage. EG's on a heater, and I think it's fair to, to put him in the top 10. Yeah, I, I think if we look at EG, when he kind of came in uh, for BCJ, I think that was kind of people were questioning it a little bit, even me, because I didn't know anything about him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's mechanically ridiculously good. He has crazy impact. I think in terms of Tokyo, he was relatively quiet from what we've seen, but he also was the reason, oh, there's multiple reasons why they got there, but he was one of the reasons why they got there. <laughs> um, and, and I think in terms of this event, he'll probably, he'll probably be the one from EG that I would imagine we'll be talking more about. Um, maybe Ethan as well. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's been great. I mean, he's been like one of the best additions to most to like a team that we've seen. Like him and something have been like the biggest increase of just like bring bring a player in and we look good now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had him a little bit lower than this, but I'm not mad at it. Um, all right, I, I didn't have him on my top fifteen. I'll be honest. But oh, more really? Because yeah, more just because of Tokyo bias than the whole year. That's kind of the same I had. I still had him in, but not as. Yeah, I had him lower, high. but it's I based it a lot more on like regardless of results just how good of a player i think they are yeah Um, yeah not just they can be because then i'd just be writing p but Mm -hmm. um like how good they are consistently and that's where i put them so like slightly lower than this because i don't feel like i feel like his aim is crazy i think his mechanics are insane his decision making is super quick but in terms of like being a more cerebral player who it can make calls for the team frequently that win them rounds I don't put him up there like with something like Leo, for example, or Alfie. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page. All right, next up, number eight. Who do we got? Eight is great. It is Forsaken, and he's looking at his phone. Millennials. <laughs> when I lose ten games of Clash Royale in a row. <laughs> so relatable. That is uh, so real. Um, Forsaken at number eight, huh? Uh, how, how are y'all feeling about this? I mean, I feel like this is pretty reasonable. Like, he's continued to grow as a player. He's so flexible at this point. He played, like, 50 bajillion agents for his team at Tokyo. With uh, something gone, he also was going back into the duelist role and was performing as well as ever on that one, looking insane. I think similar to Jing, though, with something playing at this tournament, it should be expected to see a slight, like, step back in his performance now that he's probably not going to be playing any of those jet maps anymore. But still... The agents that he does play, the value that he brings to the team in the calling and in their just like adaptability to, to make all these little plays happen where it's just combining utility on the fly. I think a lot of that can be credited to Forsaken. And he's also just sick. He's always been considered one of the top players. I feel like going to every event he's played despite his like shift in status in the team throughout their time. I think I had him lower than uh, Jing. Usually I actually paired Jing higher, um, but... This year, I think I, I actually probably should have changed that because this guy's flexibility is insane and he's, like, creative on all the different agents. So I respect the shit about putting it up here and I probably would change it if I had to do it again, to be honest, because all the, fle like, the harbor that he plays, the killjoy that he plays, he's, he's doing a lot more and um, a lot of the really, really crucial stuff that the team needs to work their style with and, uh, and something in the team. So... Yeah, I'd put him up there, but I feel like his role switches a lot more to like the value you give towards a player like the Vi in comparison to like what he used or what he did at Tokyo. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It's he's been the flex player that's probably impressed me the most. Um, it's kind of what you were saying. Like when when I'm watching him him on Killjoy, it's like a different style of play. Like it's very aggressive. Like he kind of has like a good range of just like it's it's super aggressive. He'll always try and he's not scared to like just get a do a peek off his util. Like like he's his up kind of goes off every yeah, time. Yeah, like... every single time. Like it's it's a very um it's a very aggressive way of playing it. And yeah, it's just really cool. He just plays every agent to an insanely high level and he's his the whole thing about paper x is reactively they're all so good in, in these crazy moments where and, and like they'll always do what at least looks like the best thing to do in in the in the situation and it's just very impressive and yeah he's just um he, he's like the number one flex for me at the moment i, I think from this year so yeah that's to be yeah that is reasonable i think that's about where i had him Number seven, let's keep it moving. Who is number seven on the list? It is Ospos. So this is like probably the lowest I think he's ever been on one of these lists. His previous rank was one. Uh, despite having played only four maps since our last top 10, Ospos has fallen six ranks, um, which is <laughs> quite significant. I, I, in a way, feel like that has more to do with other players being able to display how good they are than him being I mean, significantly poorer it was just that they all of loud had it he didn't uh, play jet. he didn't so. play his role like he played one jet map 
what was it? He opted one round. Like, it was just at Tokyo. It, Aspas was not himself. The the decisions that Loud made around map veto and around agent compositions they were playing, I think, took him out of his comfort, and he just did not play as well as normal. I think keeping him in the top 10 list is credit to how good of a player he is because he had a rough tournament. But you have to think back to he won last Champions. He was insane um, at, at Masters 1. He's just been like... Wait, there wasn't a Masters one this year. What what event? I think if Lockin is what is what that one was called, um, and as well as in Americas was looking like the best player of Americas. I just hope that Loud doesn't troll him, and he actually gets to play the jet, gets to play his role, and that all of the stuff we've heard and all of the the rumors that the streets have been talking about about Aspas not working with this team and like having like internal issues, changing rosters and stuff, less being hard to work with, like all that stuff. I hope doesn't come into play and we can see the Ospas that just won last champions. Yeah, yeah I, I think like Ospas has the highest upwards mobility potential from this though. Like if Loud go if Loud play well, surely he's he's going to be one of the two key factors individually speaking with him and less and I think he he could just shoot right back up this ranking to be honest. I really do think he's dropped by virtue of just like, oh, whoa, 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 we get to see Paper Rex have a fucking cracked out tournament where three of their players are all really in excellent yeah. form. Like, it's not so much on him. I think it's just other people got to show how good they were. All the EG people that weren't even in consideration. Well, um, I would say that, like, the reason he was top one, a significant reason that a lot of people were citing was that he started to show a little bit more flexibility off of Jed in the playoffs. And... That reason has like gone out the window after the Tokyo performance. So, like everybody just wants him to be back on Jet and Rays, and that probably, I mean, hopefully it is just Jet and Rays, but that takes a notch down from you know a time where we're seeing Initiator Sentinels that sort of thing be be ranked highly in in the top ten list. So, um, I think it's fair, but also if he doesn't end up showing good flexibility and like sucks at those agents still or also forces himself to play those agents then yeah he's gonna look bad yeah i agree i think it's um like he still had a good tournament really if you if you just look at like him individually like in the role that he was put on he he performed well um it was just more the fact of yeah when when i think of aspas i think of a guy who can win a game on his own with a jet op and i think that after i watch like more of these uh, teams like EDG where they just go this is our big win condition let's get this guy an op like literally two times more than most teams that I watch I think I'm gonna be like if I'm Aspas I'm watching that spin like dude this should be me like I like the rumors make sense because if I'm this guy I'm just like mate this should be me like my my the whole team's <laughs> game plan should be give me an op like every, when everyone's talking about Kankan Kan being the best opera in the world Aspas should be like no that's like that that's me that, that I want to prove that that's me and for that to happen, you need to get him the op all the time. You need to like uh, have just the whole game plan based around it because I think that's where he shines. And in my opinion, that's where they kind of look the best. So, yeah, I still think he's had a good performance. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I think he's probably the one we'll see go up and down the most depending on what allowed does really in this tournament. I, I don't think he's going lower than seventh. In, Dude, in, if they go out in groups... Yeah, but I, I it's still like again when I think about these sort of rankings, I'm thinking of how good Aspas is just just by I, default I, without I, any of the. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I, I put him as third because I'm thinking that it is just default. But I, I'm thinking it just, if we're doing a collective thing, yeah. like we we can see it's very uh, heavy recency bias. So, 
I think he has the most room to go up or down, depending on Loud's performance. Because yep. at least the, the way that I build these lists, I think about, like, I, I didn't put, like, a showers to get to anywhere on my list because I expect Navi to just go out in groups, even though they're incredible and perform every time. I did that for Locken because we just had single Ela. But now it's like, I don't know, it's a little bit more of a collective thing. I don't know. But, but yeah, you're right. It depends how you treat them. Yeah, <laughs> which is also becomes more into play because we have 15 people on this list instead of the normal, like, four yeah. or five. All right. Let's move on to number six. I'm curious to see if any other loud players are going to be on here. I'm going to assume not. Probably not. It's mm -hmm. surprising less, to see right? less drop so much because less stocks were at an all-time high after America's. But, yeah, let's see. Number six. Bring it up. Curtis. It is something at number six. Something still is yet to play at an international event. The expectations are very high for the Russian duelist. His previous rank, also six. So he's remained in the same spot, funny enough. Um... I had trouble with him because we didn't see him. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. I'm struggling with this because we didn't see him, and again, other players got to prove themselves. So, is he in my top 15? Yes, but I didn't have him super high because I kind of don't know what to expect. And I mean, I do to some extent, but I think there are just more known quantities that, that, that you can look at after Tokyo and LCQ, so... It's kind of where I stand. Had him in the list. Had him lower than this. I respect it. I just find it hilarious given Mr. I hate this narrative when we talk about any players who haven't played LAN. Oh, no, it's not the, the nerves time. narrative. It's just I oh, don't okay. really know where to put him because he just... That's really it. Like He deserves to be on the list based on his online performance, but I've just seen... I think I've, I've seen like 10 to 12 other players go fucking crazy at LAN the last month so it's like dude i don't know where to put him compared to all these people that i just saw be excellent like surely yeah, he's in yeah. the top I mean, team though that's kind of I, I i watch him play drx and teams i have a lot of respect for and teams that are really really difficult to play against um in terms of pace or wild shit that they do in pacific on land by the way not necessarily like it's not online it is on land he is playing on stage he is playing with fans in the audience as well and a pretty big crowd in the pacific finals and i see him do shit that I don't see other players in his role able to execute as consistently, as fast, as quick. And so for me, I look at a player like that and I think he's one of a kind and people are going to start emulating him come years after this. And yeah, I, I just, that's why I'm able to place him that high because I have such strong faith in some of the newer things that I see him doing. Like small things, of course, but add to that mechanically awesome, add to that really quick decision-making add to that calling ability for this team. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I think that's... It's, he's just a hard person in, in general to, to put anywhere because he's the person we've had by far the least of. He came into the the split the least, like with the, like halfway through or just like a third of the way like in. Third, third week or something. Yeah, so yeah, he's hard to place, but I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of going with, with Bala here in terms of like what I've seen um it reminds me of like when people always ask me who the best aimer is i'm always i'm always saying scream because i had two years of just watching him on on like reina do crazy thing in practice but i think this is the first guy where i've actually been like wait a second i think that this guy might be like the the best i've, I've seen in terms of aiming like i think mechanically he has the potential to be the best 
and I rarely kind of think that, and I rarely will like outright just like like say that. But I kind of just like I watch him, and I'm just like, damn, like the potential is wild from this guy. Even when I'm just like watching streams and stuff, I'm just like, damn, he's actually insanely good. And it's the first kind of because um, first kind of time like I watch a lot of watch a lot of Valorant. It's the first time where I've been like, damn, this is like crazy impressive. Like it's um. I've built up an uh, I guess an immunity of watching so much that I don't like get super impressed too too easily. But a lot of times when I'm watching it, I'm just like, damn, it feels like this kid is this kid is He's the chosen uh, one. He's the chosen one. At <laughs> a time when we like need that. somebody to take down Fnatic, he's the fucking chosen one, man. He's fucking, <laughs> <clears throat> fucking has skills that he was born with. We had all these fake rainers come before. Nah. This guy is him. Yeah, he might be him. So <laughs> I'm 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 in for sick. Take how serious that was. Are you okay? Just the he's him, the delivery. I don't know why that got me. I hope he's not him because if he does, he'll do irreparable damage to the ranked ecosystem. It's already yeah, everyone's why, no, it's already fucked. It's 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 <laughs> over. There's no chance. Right now is the most the peak reign of pickets right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Anyways. Yeah. All right. good, that means Kong Kong is above him, or just not on the top ten. If Kong is not on the top ten, I'll freak out. Well, let's find out. Also, let's go to Kong number Kong's five. Above something? Is he's it going to be Kong Kong? He's going to be fine. So it there's, has to be Kong Kong. There's also Fnatic we're missing. We've seen no Fnatic players. <laughs> yeah. So we're about to see four Fnatic players. I'm assuming, <laughs> except for the fact that Bren maybe trolled Alfie off the list. No, surely not. But Alfie is too high on everybody else's. Surely, right, guys? <laughs> I cannot believe Brendan. Surely. We'll talk about that later. Let's let's see the next one. Number five is oh, there is Ken Ken. Okay, okay. Uh, he's the only Chinese player within the top thirty-nine of our rankings. Thirty-nine. No one else has put in Smoggy anywhere. Well, I I I was struggling with Chichu, and I decided he'd be somewhere from like sixteen to twenty. And Smoggy would be slightly outside of that, but I just I I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't fit him in. Yeah, I was I was. They were right outside, almost all of them. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that he's this high. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like he would be lower on the top ten. This is a pretty pretty big rating. He's very entertaining to watch. I think that will help. That he's mechanically outrageous. He has more opportunities to show that he's the best with the op. So I feel that's like why people say he is the best with the op. And I think honestly they're on to a, a good argument with it. Some of the shots that he hits in terms of just like this game is this game is very important about consistency of hitting the shots. And I think that he is one of the most consistent, especially when it's like hard shots. Like he hits a lot of hard flick shots very consistently. Like he's someone that will aim his crosser in the middle and just just flick just crazy and just hit them. Um, yeah, mechanically ridiculous. Big standout performance for him. But um, yeah, yeah, he's very likable. I I'm a bit worried for EDG just in terms of like how much they've been playing and the fact that there's more out there. But in terms of this guy, yeah, I just think he's I think he's great. Maybe maybe top five is a little bit too high for me. But let's see how he does at this tournament. He's the best opper. You're right, though. Maybe, he shows it a lot more. But he's that's the, best. the thing. It's, it's, <laughs> and the, the problem with me for that argument is like data and how often we see these big events uh, and the, the, like, can we really compare like what thirty rounds of him using an op to Aspas one round like in the whole of in the whole of Tokyo? It's not. It's not fair. So, yeah, but you could um, watch. I mean, you could watch Aspas during Americas and, and sure. And, and I think like compare some of those rounds, and I think they are comparable, but. 
Hong yeah. Kong is shown to me that he's better because of the like amount of confidence he has to go for the shots or to go for extra like peaks that other people are just not going for, and he's getting whether or not he's in those shots, just way more value. It's so much more terrifying to play against Hong Kong than to play against Aspas because of that. Yeah, I, I think the game plan and the fact that he has full freedom like uh, enables it to, uh, to for us to think that way. Yeah, I'm still not 100% sold, but I, I think he's uh, definitely a strong argument. It is one of the best stoppers. Yeah, without a doubt. Number four. Reveal it, Curtis. Ready for all four Fnatic players? Here comes and all four. Yep, what yeah. order are they going to be in? It's Chronicle. <laughs> I was told by multiple people in Masters Tokyo that the Japanese fans believe he is the most attractive player in VCT. Previous rank, <laughs> eight. Shout out to Chronicle. And, and there he is holding his little trophy. Yay. I mean... It's three of those. He's pretty good. Yeah, he does have a lot of those. The most, some may even say. <laughs> And yeah. some people's opinions. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, where do you start? I don't. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to finish. It's Chronicle. There he is. <laughs> like, and then next up, and it's Durka in number three. I can't believe it. And then, oh my God, it's Alfie or number two. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just this was the easiest top fifteen list out of all of the yeah. lists we've done so far. Like, the top five was just so fucking easy. Granted, I probably, uh, you know, people are gonna have problems with everybody's individual top five based on the orders or whatever. But like, it but was it's probably so the same easy. like five players. Yeah, or pretty much everyone. Yeah. And Chronicle's gotta, good. He supports his team really well. He's won the most tournaments of anyone. He shoots the gun really well. Uh, Yad's ideas is a like, pretty good player, I, I think. I'm probably slightly... I am lower here on Chronicle than everybody else. I think people are getting kind of blinded by the trophies with Chronicle and blinded by the possible goat argument. Too. People are um, they're ready to hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> regardless, though, like I, I, I can't even like argue against the fourth at this current point because... He is. He does have that potential. He is consistent as fuck. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm 100% fine with this. I just think people are blinded by the trophies right now. Yeah. Yeah. I kinda, oh, Sluggy, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, you just kind of you just look at this year. Like, you kind of look at this year, and yeah, it's just consistent. Um, they're, the, they're the team that makes the least mistakes, and he's part of the team in a very integral part. So... Just, um, yeah, it's just very impressive. Doesn't make too many mistakes. Probably, maybe I would say, actually, if I'm being a little bit brutal, probably does make the most mistakes out of the team, which is also kind of crazy because he probably makes the least mistakes out of maybe like the top 20 in the world. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty mad. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of stacked. But yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy talented person. And in terms of like all the roles as well, it feels like he's pretty flexible. So yeah, he's good. All right, number three. Which Fnatic player is coming next, guys? Who do you think it's going to yeah. be? Is it Durka? Is it Alpha? Is it Boaster? <laughs> and it's Alphier yeah, in number three. Bren left Alphier off his list. Is he on to something, or did he for gore? What would his explanation be if he was here right now? Previous here, rank, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> if Bren was here, he'd probably go into the voice where he's like, yeah, guys, I, I for gore, Alphier, and then just move on. No, but he no no. I, think he I can't. I can't shoot Bren Bale for this because everybody's saying he did this on stream and his chat was yelling at him to put Alfier on the list. So no, he didn't forget. <laughs> I don't know why he kept him off his list. Somebody told me it was because he 
didn't believe he was a pure like he had the the sentinel skill uh, and he just got by by shooting people which is wrong Wait, he stuff. also shoots didn't people he, didn't he just make that argument about shooting people yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> that, big thing, that big speech about how if you can't shoot people then you're just useless in the game and, that, and then now he's using that against not putting him in the list <laughs> curious uh, Bren, you're probably in Twitter and chat. Defend yourself, and we won't pay attention. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't acknowledge it. Um, um, yeah, but quickly to touch on to some of just how, yeah. especially if I look at this year, I feel like he like this tournament itself was a big standout for him. Felt like he had crazy impact. Like obviously, he did have good impact at lock-in. Like let's not forget about a, a lot of the rounds that he won. But in terms of like this event himself, probably the most impactful player. If you're just looking at round, we need a two K or we need something to happen or an important kill. This guy can't die; he has to get the next kill. It's all. It was always him. It's so, crazy because bro, fanatic doesn't need many rounds where it's like oh somebody needs to have a hero play and yep. so uh, like constantly he's just he's, he runs down showers doesn't need to do this by the way if he just gets outside of showers and controls that space it's fine the round is probably gonna go pretty well for fanatic that's a win con he kills two people the round is just over because they have such control in those moments too so like he can i, I don't know if it's like he knows okay if i if i do something crazy if i'm able to get this then like my team will just carry the rest of this through and it's like a high percentage play because of that. But yeah, I mean, ridiculous. And uh, he's getting more and more confident. If someone's buying a uh, an op on Cypher on attack, you know that they're, they're very, <laughs> very confident. So the fact, he's, uh, the fact he's doing that kind of stuff is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting to kind of see where he's going to go because like I'm saying, as he builds up more confidence, we're starting to see... Um, Kind of the outfit that Minnie was talking about when he first kind of scoured him to me, at least just being like, this guy is next level. Just drop him 30 every it's, single game. So. It's hilarious because when uh, they were fucking around with like Durka playing uh, Jet again and Alfie were playing Sentinel, or no, sorry. Whatever they were doing at that Egyptian tournament where Alfie was playing Chamber. Yeah, and Minnie was like, actually, this is, uh, Minnie told me, actually, this is what we were originally planning when we picked up Alfie. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way. Yeah, After he's... watching his raise that last year, there was no way. And yeah, no, he's a goat. He's so good. Yeah, I mean, they can fall back on chamber if they want as well. It's it's actually pretty scary. It's a flexible team. I think that's the, the best Durka thing about chamber, this team. chamber, alpha raise thing yeah. coming back if they need it. Yeah, they're, they're one of the only teams that kind of were brutal, first of all. Like, were brutal in terms of kicking people that were performing well and upgrading. And they just built around flexibility, good understanding of the game. And yeah, he's a great flexible player, really good at multiple roles. Crazy talented. Anybody want to make some side bets on who comes next to Durka or Leo? <laughs> Which order is it going to be in? I mean, it's, it's be definitely Durka, then, then Leo. Yeah, I, you think so? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I've seen so many so top one Leos. What if neither yeah, of them are on it? They're, that's literally impossible. That is, sure? who's, who's going to be next? It's literally impossible. It's impossible. It's, it's, it's impossible. not possible. Yes. Let's see who's next. And number two is Durka. <laughs> and what do you know? Yeah. It's Durka. Durka is uncontested highest ranking duelist on our list. Are there really four Fanatic players in the top four? I mean, yes. yeah. Previous rank, yes. two. Current rank, two. There he is with the trophy. Amazing arrays. Love- amazing at Jet. <laughs> 
can we just He's say amazing. it's Durka and move on to Leo and say uh, it's Leo and then I, say Fanatic's gonna win the event? Yep. <laughs> like it's that's it. That's it, guys. They're good. Kurt trying his best to like put some tension into the list yeah. with the quote <laughs> with the old quotes. And there's just none building. Uh, <laughs> I mean I don't. Do we? What? I don't. What even needs to be said? He's just the. He's Durka. He's, he's really Durka. good. He's, he's a great jet player. He's a great race player. He didn't even have to play jet in the last tournament. He's good at every role he plays. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's insane mechanically. He plays into the same system really well. Okay, let's talk about Leo. Number one. <laughs> I mean, Sliggy, did you want to say something? I thought you did possible. Uh, I mean, you kind of covered it fast. It's, it's impressive that he played a whole tournament on potentially like his second best agent. And in terms of when I've watched him from like a year ago or even like a year and a half ago, I think he's the person that has actually focused a lot on not making mistakes. Like when I used to watch Fnatic, it was very swing with him in terms of like he, I don't know if it was like trusting the rest of his teammates or, or whatever it was, but it felt like he would always feel like he had to go an extra step to win the round, even though he's won the round. And he just stops all that bullshit now. He'll literally just like, he'll... He'll win the rounds and then he'll stay put and just hold and just hold yep. and just do the boring role that you have to do now. I, I remember just... so many rounds from champions last year where you're talking exactly like you'd be yeah. like updrafting, dashing way first in the team and like stuff like yeah. that. He doesn't have to, I think he doesn't feel like he has to go above and beyond anymore. And I think that's, um, that's kind of, I prefer him in this role. It's like, uh, obviously we know we can do the crazy, crazy stuff, but he's got the, he's got. <laughs> He's got beasts around him that can do, uh, that can win rounds as well. So, cool. All right. Next up, it's number one. It's Leo, the best initiator in the world. Oh my God. It's Happy Cat. <laughs> Happy Cat. Happy Cat. <laughs> Currently unsigned, but we can see the level of potential. <laughs> That's so up. real. <laughs> we got Happy Cat highlights. Uh. That's... Dude, Happy Cat was great at Tokyo, but definitely had a rough tournament at lock-in, but really excited to see what he can bring uh, at Champions. <laughs> uh, that was, honestly, Kurt, that was, that's a necessary, that is a more than necessary surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we don't even need to see the number one for real now. Okay, I guess we'll see it. Is this number number zero? It's Leo. Oh my god. He was ranked number one on 13 lists. He's the best initiator in the world. Yep, previous rank four. Number one. Number one. Number one. There he is. Um, yeah. I mean, who wants to say all the good things about Leo? <laughs> Who's gonna do it? Wait, I think it's your turn. Is it yeah. my turn? He's the best fade. He's the best Sova. He has the best utility. He's incredible in all aspects of the game. I just, 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 I mean, it's, just, it's someone Leo. else needs to get good so these lists can be fun again. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the realest shit you've That's said crazy. all episode, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he I mean, die. I feel like there's just nothing else to say. Like, what, what it's just. He doesn't Honestly, die first. The ever. best, the, the most engaging, like, side bet you could do at, champions is when into champions will leo's first first death come because motherfucker has gotten to like both semifinals of the two global tournaments without dying first in what is it like four games at the very least that's gonna be the most engaging uh side bet you can do yeah and uh, most rewarding I just think I just think he's great in terms of just I think he's the whole package really he out of all the players I watch in every single region he is the person that makes the least mistakes and then when I even just like see some of the fanatic stuff, 
um in terms of just like about his personality and stuff i think he's like very very hardcore set he's just all into the game and i think he just has a good mental in terms of people are like speaking about even just like tokyo or lock-in and he's just like you're living in the past let's just focus on like the next thing and i think that's just such a good mentality of just like you're only the best until you're kind of you're kind of not and just staying in the present and i think that's the, the biggest thing for him and yeah, he just he just makes the least mistakes. He's um he's the closest to a perfect player that we have, and he, he's the best at his role. Yeah, true, factual, and real. Uh, do we want to take a look quickly at how it That's all breaks gross. down? Can also then look at like the ten through twentieth, right? See what's going on there. Uh, how the points have kind of stacked up. Yeah. Um, what do you guys regret the most? What I regret is there are, there, are, there are four, maybe five players that I wish I could have squeezed somewhere, but just I didn't, but I regret it, which are like Shao, Sagetsu, uh, Ethan, and Chichu, personally. Um, but I just... I, I, I'm sad that I'm not able to get a single controller in the top ten given that we just went uh, fucking 2022 with insane amounts of controllers, controllers yeah. in the top 10. Yeah, it's, it is wild. This is the first time for me Marco's fallen out. Like, uh, it's yeah, 11 less. Um, all right. Let's, I want to look at this 11 to 20, though. I'm going to read it out. 11 is less, so he barely fell off the list. Crashy's 12, Bustio 13. Safe is tied with Bustio in points. Then Ethan, Kesnit. Mako, Devai, 18. Bruh. Psalm, 19. Victor, 20. Am I I sipping the silly juice or should Devai be way higher? Yeah, I think if you're looking at okay, if you ignore Tokyo, he like first of all, he did his role at Tokyo, but if you look at um, Paper Rex, like in the actual season, he was the second best player in Paper Rex. So yeah, I think so. If, if your top if your top list is for the whole year, uh, then you sh- divide should has to be in the top fifteen with, with how he played in the split. Uh, otherwise, you won't watch him. As simple as that. He was the second best player. He was a super hard carry. Um, so yeah, for, for me, he has to be on there. But if you're looking at just Tokyo and you're weighing just more recency bias, then I can understand it. Other people performed, uh, not even better, but like flashier, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, Tokyo, so. I'm not either of those, and for me, yeah, I think this is kind of fair for me, um, really? cause, and, and even when I'm watching this year, I, I kind of, a lot of the moments where I'm like, holy shit, if I just save them, I don't really know if I, like, say that's a good play, or wow, that's insane skill, like, a lot of times, I go, I come away from it, not every time, don't get me wrong, I think he's a great player, I think 15 to 20 is still a great, like, that's somebody who's great at the game. Um, but I come away from some of those moments thinking, wow, that was kind of lucky. Like, <laughs> you, you think that other people could have done the same in the position, basically? Uh, like no, I think they would have oh. played it differently and oh. it would have looked different as well. Like it, have, it would have been cleaner or um, whatever. And again, uh, not every moment, but for me, a lot of times, especially last year, I'm watching the Vi and I'm thinking, and like... He's, he's one of the middle people for Paper Rex for me. And middle is enough on that team where it's like kind of far away from the rest of them. Um, How do you guys yeah. feel on the Ethan placement? 
because he's a player that's had specific talk on account of Nismo posting that he's like an easy top 10 player and more people should include him there. He's currently at 15 on this aggregate list. What were you going to say, yeah, Mimi? I, I mean, yeah. I said I, I have him in my top 10, like, or, or somewhere up there pretty, pretty far. I mean, Ethan, I think, was individually the best player for EG. I think his utility has been like the most consistent to help propel that team forward they run a lot of different comps that rely that require a really strong initiator player and ethan has consistently been able to do that he brings a big element of experience for that one and also even going back to previous rosters he always performs at these big international events to a really high level and i think with for me with my expectation of eg going really far and being a favorite for another top four team i think if they are to make that run again it will be ethan who is in part again leading that charge for eg so i think having him up here is really fair and i'm honestly surprised that more people didn't yeah, yeah. i was kind of in between putting him and or bustio from eg for some reason i can't get away from the implicit like oh there's too many Team X players on this list. I can't. In my mind, I just can't. So I was like in between Busio or Ethan on this list. Um, and for me, Ethan is a land demon. Absolutely. The guy's been crazy all year because we've been playing on land, I feel like. Um, but And he's consistently good with his util. But he doesn't have those standout, standout, standout moments um, that I find from Leo where I'm like, holy shit, his spacing is so good. Like Chronicle as well. Um, just the two guys that I can compare because they play like both similar-ish roles where they're trying to support their their teammates as much. Um, where I'm, I, it's just discipline's crazy good here. Blah blah blah. It's it's not like that, but he's definitely up there for me. And I I think the like criticism about people not talking about him is probably warranted because he should be talked about. I think people look at calm on this team more so, and they see like crazy cool util, and they're like, oh my god, calm is so underrated. But realistically like a lot of times they just don't see what ethan is yeah i think that kind of ties in with the divi thing as well it's just uh it's just what happens when you're on sky like it is literally what happens when you're on sky yeah. you do you're doing a flash to get information at a certain part of the map that will then like blow up say it doesn't hit anyone you have an early rotation you right there because of your time your util is everything does it look flashy do people remember it do people even realize that it happened if you're not looking at the mini map no so it's just like no one kind of realizes the impact that, in my opinion, these Sky players are having. And the other, the other sort of a, like uh, initiators are a bit more flashy. You realize the recon going off, you're seeing them flash, flashing on your screen the, when they're getting highlighted, you're watching a drone, etc. So uh, it's just um, it's just the issue of being on Sky, really. But uh, in my mind, like both of them just have insane utility, um, especially I, I think Ethan's fine at this place because, again, I, I kind of just do it like the whole year. Um, in terms of like where it was, it was it very consistent. Don't get me wrong, but it's in like the whole team itself. It wasn't great if I look at it, so it was hard for him to look like a standout. But um, yeah, for me, when I'm looking at EG, he was my he was my number one that I had like out of that team on the list, just because um, yeah, just because I just think his utility is great. It's always it's always him setting up his other team or his flashes are just perfect. Like, yeah, I think he's one of the best sky players um, that I've watched. Is there anyone else on the list if you want to bring it up again, Kurt? I just want to see if there's anything else interesting to prompt discussion. RB Actually, I do want to say... What? RB in 21. What's going on there? What? I, I wanted to say, though, I think the, the, the discussion about the controllers is pretty interesting because the first controller on the list is Mako at 17. 
And last yeah. year, Mako and Marv were like top five the whole time, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and then the next is Som in 19, who I put Som above Mako um, at the moment because this entire year, Som has just been great to excellent from lock until now. He has not had a misstep outside of if you want to weigh in that one clutch beef. But like, come on, that's, you know, like overall, he's been outstanding. I think he's the best controller right now. Is there any dissent on that opinion? Um, yeah, I think Mako's still better than Tom. Yeah. I, <laughs> and th- that's an example of uh, a beef that, yeah, I won't count, but sure. This, not, y- like, this year? I'm, yeah, I know. I think so this year? I, I think Mako's played in bigger games uh, and performed um, better in those instances. Has he? Like, yeah, and Lockin for me, I was like, is Marco still the best controller? It was like a big narrative, like refreshing into partnership that I was in my mind going through. And I was just like, unequivocally, yes. Wait, after... what, do you, what do you mean by bigger games? Sorry. I don't, uh, not, against, not... against like better opponents and higher stakes. I'm talking like Lockin semifinals, um, like that sort of thing. And then grand finals, obviously, some played in that one. But other than that, they haven't gone deep in tournaments. And when you look at, like, for example, NRG Loud at lock-in, something like that, I would qualify as a big game. I, I don't put Som as near as a performance that Mako had at lock-in. But either way, like, I, I, have, I have Som two places away from, uh, from Mako. Like, it's not crazy big of a difference, but I, I think it's a little... Just because he's had a little bit more consistency um, with his team is where I think we're, we're looking at this and saying Som might be better than Mako, but I don't necessarily think that's really true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming on that. Uh, what do you think, Sluggy, about the controllers of today? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, The initiators have just taken over, really. I think, I mean, Som's been great. Um, Som's been good. It's, yeah, it just hasn't been as standout. Like, it really has been the year of the initiators. And I don't know if that's more because of, like, meta or what. But, um, yeah, it just hasn't... We just haven't seen any crazy standouts. A lot of, I mean, it didn't really make sense last year because they shouldn't have been bragging as heavy as they were anyway. Like, it was kind of wild that that happened. I don't know if it was a bit of an I think it was because part of the reason was because you had a lot more uh, controllers lurking since you had Chamber, it, like, being yeah. in the pack a lot of times. Um but I don't know. But even with this year, it felt like we had like a bit of an uprising with double controller. So you would feel like maybe sure. they had a bit more freedom. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really know what went I mean, on. I mean, I get. I mean, Pancata and Marv were both. I mean, they're both on the same yeah. team I mean, that was mid. So like, if they were both on top teams, maybe they would still be in the conversation, mm. right? But they're 100%, just one hundred percent. They're just removed from the equation entirely. Yeah, it's literally just proof that. Um, you know the role in this in these types of instances when you're thinking of best player is while it, while a lot of times Slicky, you're right that like guide players or whatever don't get the same credit like some players are just really good and they play the controller role <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and that puts them in the top 10 some players yeah. are just really really fucking good and they play the initiator role and that's why we have four initiators in the yeah. top 10 this time like I mean, it would be that interesting sort of thing happens to listen we're banning lists but it would be interesting to have <laughs> a, a, like conceptually so just we're a not list banning of, lists 
We got 5.2k people watching us right now. It's going to be our most Dude, watched episode I, before Champions. I like, can't We're not banning lists. We're, we're banning doing all the power rankings. We're banning everyone else from lists. We're oh, the only ones that can do lists. No, no other lists, no one else. All right, this is a bit of a, a future thing, but what we're going to do is we're going to do our own list and we're going to do a global list on top of that. So huh? we'll That's... be able to compare our list to the global list. It's not going to be two individual lists. They'll run concurrently. We'll compare our rank to the viewer's rank. Oh, so like just oh. us versus everyone. Oh, that's kind of sweet. We have the capabilities <laughs> to do that now. Oh, shout out right, to Space. Uh, shout out to Space, the stats man, um, for hooking us up with the ability to do that. So we will be doing that next time. Cool. We'll be at the end of the um, day. I do want to... Uh, sorry, just to just yeah. like wrap up this discussion about like why we don't see any controllers. I think part of it is also just that two of the top teams have controller players. Like, right now, I think all, the list was giga-dominated by A, Fnatic, and B, Paper X, both of whom, besides kind of Forsaken, have the controller player who's taking more of a, va a backseat to just, like, a crazy amount of stars on those teams. And I think it's also just the fact that in this meta, it's a lot of teams who are playing, like, for instance, with... Paper X, like the double duelist comps and crazy stuff like that. And Fnatic, who's still really just like big on having like some of the best initiators possible. That in part, it's because of the makeup of the top teams that so many other controller roles are getting overshadowed, I suppose. Yeah. Um, can I can I just throw one thing in here as well? In yeah. terms of, I know that a, a topic as well is like the IGLs and, and like why we don't include IGLs. I'll at least say it from like my end is I never consider the IGL status because I don't know what they're actually bringing in. Like I can have a good guess and know that they could be in control, but in terms of a team, don't know what's going on with the inner workings of a team. So in terms of the IGL status, you don't actually know, even though technically I kind of have a very good feeling that Boaster is doing like a huge amount of it. I still don't include that in because I don't have that other knowledge of the other teams itself in terms of like, I don't know how much they're idls do so i think that's a lot of time where where like my list at least won't have like ideal biasy but i know that uh, other people kind of kind of will but again it's just too much of an unknown for me to like factor it in and it's just it just ends up being guesswork so i'd rather just do like eye test without considering that yeah i i just want to uh i was gonna say when we when we uh were talking about marvin pancana just as don't have to hang on it for too long, but just as an interesting thought is just a... Because we always do this going into an international event, so we're only considering the players at the event. But if we did just do the top 20 players, I wonder how many would be on the list that didn't make it to champions. Like, would you consider someone like Zekin to be in a top 20 list? I think it's re very reasonable, you know? Like, there, I think there's a number of players that might be up for for consideration, but they just, you know, they get left behind on account of their team, you know, Zekin is on Sentinels and they made 78 roster changes in one season, so they just couldn't have no hope of making it, you know? Um, but maybe maybe that's a list for one day. <laughs> that day will yeah. not be anytime soon. <laughs> but, I mean, that expands the amount of people on the list, like, dramatically, so it becomes infinitely. top 20 out of whatever, and even then, I don't even know if, like, some of these teams who are not making it are getting up there for me. But yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yep. Top 20 included literally the entire scene. Putting Nismo <laughs> in the top 20. <laughs> like just absolute medlam. God, what were you going to say, Mimi? crazy. We can't even compare. I was going to say I'm, I'm losing focus. I want to make fun of people. 
Yeah. Can, we, can we look at the list? I want to. I would. Fun of I would like to make fun of you. <laughs> make fun of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm we have, a, we have a lot of lists, real quick. Uh, one thing I want to talk, uh, highlight right off the top is that uh, TMV, his list was very similar to the actual, um, top ten that we had. Oh yeah, mm. look at that. Interesting. And I so unfortunately, we can't really look at this cleanly, but yeah, it's a lot of data. That's why I didn't but, really want to do this, because, or I didn't want to do this individually. I wanted to do this, but not. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were looking at that. Fine. Um, I don't think there's anybody's list that is egregious. There are some notable misses, but eh. I want to we'll look. See Bren. Uh, never mind. I was going to say. We review that. Bren's list. Can we make fun of Bren? <laughs> <laughs> like Pineland, like as his friends. Sure. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think his only troll was no alpha, right? Um, Ugetsu in the top 10? Ugetsu is... Well, well let's see. Oh, he has Leo, uh, Ethan at third. He has Ethan in third. He has Victor in sixth. He has Sugetsu in, what is that, ninth? Tenth. Or tenth? Uh, yeah, tenth. <laughs> Brenslitz is very different, but it's low-key kind of... Base. I mean, Ethan top three, I kind of fuck with that. Wait, Dryad has Kesnit top two. I mean, that's the realest shit I've ever read. That's that's literally the realest shit I've ever read. All right, I'm cool. Very Anyways, nice. I, I love America's. There's friend. a lot of information, and yeah, there's no way the human mind can process nor digest what's occurring on our screens right now. So I demand that we move on, lest my Tiny little brain turned to soup. Um, all right. So last thing we're going to talk about is Game Changers because it just happened in this past week. The stage two concluded. And so we just want to do a little recap of what was going on in Game Changers uh, NA. Our version one of the best Game Changers team in the world. Yes. Am I biased? Yes. But also one of the best things I think about the Game Changers NA tournament this time was that there was a massive shakeup in the uh how, how the bracket played out so for the longest time it was just version one and shopify in the grand finals of every single na game changers and this time shopify went out way earlier than they ever had in the lower round three and xset with katsumi bob went out in the lower round one and then in the final complex or lower final excuse me cole and disguise who'd been around for two weeks made it and V1 are kind of just a goat, so they just didn't drop a map and smoked everybody. But it was very cool that there were a lot of uh, uh, n new or upcoming faces, players that had been around but are reaching new peaks, making it really deep in the tournament and playing very well. So it was a, a it was honestly it might have been the most exciting or interesting game changers NA stage yet. But I. I see this topic and I want nothing to do with it. I don't want a repeat of last year. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> what do you mean? Keep, keep me away from claiming a team is the best in the world unequivocally. Because <laughs> <laughs> G2 yeah, just won their the final the as well. And, but also G2 uh -uh. had a lot rocky. Nope. Didn't look as good. V1 is currently the best Game Changers team in the world. And Fluorescent is the best individual player in Game Changers. G2 yeah. isn't even playing with their full roster right now. They don't, they don't have Mary playing right now. Uh, I believe, right? Yeah, she's taking a break. Yeah, she's taking a break for school. You know who's not taking a break? Alonji. I go. Hashtag grind set. 5 a.m. showers. They're winning it all. I've just, 
It's not gonna be like last year. I pr I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I actually think like I'm on board with it. I think you're right. I, I again, I haven't watched too much of the game changer stuff. I, I watched both for the finals, and in terms of G two, it doesn't look as great as last year. And then, uh, I mean, it's hard to judge V one. They just bang everyone. <laughs> like it's not even none. None of these games are close. Like they just they are actually just wrecking everyone. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I, I agree with Mimi. I think that this is it's their event to win. Um, whereas I, d I wasn't so sure that it was their event to win last year, but this one feels like this is like heavily their event. Like I think if I they, mean, if they flop this one, yeah, if if they flop this one, then uh, God knows what's going on. But like, I mean, this, is, <laughs> this is theirs. Yeah, it is just the yeah. They just they just rolled everybody. <laughs> it's just they're too good, but. Also, again, I I think the 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 other big t the big takeaway for me from the tournament was just seeing all of the other players like that that were doing extremely well that have been rising up to that level. Like Lace on Complexity was amazing. Uh, like Raze was really good on that team. Car was really good. The DSG team had been around for two weeks and they made the lower final. Like they had way too much synergy for a team that had only been around two weeks. Like they looked so naturally comfortable together. And they had one player, Lazy Line, who had never been on a top Game Changers team, and they were fucking cracked out. It was really fun to watch. There was just so many, so many new faces. Um, so that was very cool. And then heading into the next one, the like the storylines revolving around like the old guard of the scene and where they're going to be at compared to the new people. Pretty sick. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the to stage three, whenever that is going to be in like a month and a half some or, or so, something like that. Excuse me. Um, but yeah. Anyhow, I think that should do it unless there's any final Game Changers thoughts from the panel. Uh, get, V1 is exceptionally good. I'm excited to watch this DSG team again. And um, complexity is is next up. Yeah, I just, I, I want to watch more of, I don't know, uh, V1's playing at a LAN in Philly this weekend. I'm excited to, to see how they do in the co-ed events because already after only like six months of this team, they're performing better at those events than, or, or sorry, not performing better, but they're matching what Cloud9 did immediately. And this is still a relatively new team. And I think they're just growing so quickly and their players are so good. I see them rolling over the rest of Game Changers. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, hear me out now, they win GC Champs without dropping a map from here. It's over. They're better. <laughs> That's until Bala <laughs> predicts that crew are going to go on the Dark Horse run and, and beat them at, at Game Changers Champs. Well, the repeat of last year. But uh, Bala refuses to say anything. Any thoughts, Bala? But Bala believes what I believe, but he won't say it. But he <laughs> no agrees thoughts. with me. No thoughts. He agrees thoughts with me. All right. Let's uh, take this thing home. It's a weekly award. I gotta get this weekly award to the compound. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. They're on my ass. And the weekly award. I'm gonna give it to Floor because she was like the obvious MVP of Game Changers NA. Like, even if you just pull up the stats, Kurt, it's the, the, the kills per round, obscene. Actually obscene. The 1.21. That's just illegal. <laughs> you, you simply can't do that. The, the mechanics that Floor displays in every game, it's so casual and effortless, and you just don't see some of the things that 
that she does from anyone else. Like, the consistency of how often she'll just spray transfer flick onto, like, three people holding down Mouse 1 with the Phantom, it's just outrageous. Um, I mean, she's just so fucking good. So, that is that is my obvious weekly award pick for this week. Um, but yeah. Alright, guys. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you for episode 143. Whenever that's gonna be, I don't really know. Or people there, I don't know what's happening. There's a chance that we can do one at Champs, but I would say it's very unlikely. Got you. All right. Well, then, we will see you the next time we see you for episode 143. Bye. 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 Bye.